Well, 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 good evening, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. I guess Danielle in the daytime or maybe Danielle at dinner time. We got all kinds of different alliterative names coming to you from the Carton and Roberts studio here in lower Manhattan. We'll be talking all things New York sports until 10 p.m. when Lori Rubinson comes your way. Mr. Rosenberg and I are coming to you live, obviously, from lower Manhattan. And I want to welcome in my normal overnight listeners. I still see you guys and my brand new sets of ears that are tuned in right now. And I'm sure pumped up about this Yankees loss to the Baltimore Orioles. Unfathomable. You guys know that number. 877-337-6666. This might be a venting session. This could be an angry session tonight. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But as always, we'll load them up with your best content only Again, happy Labor Day weekend and happy Glaber Day weekend to Yankees fans. Or, or is it? Or or maybe you're just working on a weekend like usual, like us. Maybe you're out enjoying the fruits of your labor right now. Or maybe you're just sitting miserable in your house if you're a Yankee fan. So, But e- anyway, thanks for making me and making us part of your holiday weekend. And before, by the way, before we dive deeply into this New York baseball scene in New York, I'd like to remind you that this is the last Sunday without competitive football until Sunday, February 23rd, 2022, which is the date of Super Bowl 56. And honestly, we were talking just a little bit. The Yankees really don't even deserve a song right now. I was thinking, I was thinking of that song, um, I don't even, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. That's what I was thinking of because you know what? It, it's not good. I mean, this team, this Yankees team is a streaky team. Everybody knew that, bef- I mean, that listens to my show, before that this season even started. It was going to be a roller coaster. I told you in February to buckle up your seatbelts. And uh, the Yankees, imagine a roller coaster right now. They were going up to the apex at the apex with that, what, 13-game winning streak? And now they are sliding down. They are in sort of a free-for-all. Because the Yankees welcomed the Baltimore Orioles, the worst team in the league, literally, in terms of winning percentage, to Yankee Stadium for a three-game series. Those Baltimore Orioles that showed up in the Bronx with their record at 50, 5-0 games under 500, 50. Those Baltimore Orioles, who are on pace to lose about 110 games this season, and those Baltimore Orioles who opened the season with a literal 0% chance to make the postseason and who still have a 0% chance to make the postseason. Not only did the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees, lose to the lowly Orioles today, they managed to lose the whole damn series. This team was not only expected to dominate the Orioles, but they were expected to sweep the pants off of them. Instead, Quite honestly, they're lucky they didn't get swept. And the only reason that they weren't swept, because these Yankees were able to stave off defeat in the form of a walk-off Friday night victory in the bottom of the, not the ninth, not the 10th, the 11th inning. It took the Yankees 11 innings to beat the Orioles on Friday night. Imagine that. Now, if you closed your eyes and someone dictated to you what happened this weekend, you'd think... By the close game factor, the excitement factor, that this was a playoff series. Based on the scores, based on the narrative, based out of the stats coming out of this weekend, you would have not guessed, if you didn't know already, that the team occupying the visitors' dugout at Yankee Stadium is the now 43-92 in Baltimore Orioles. 
Aaron Boone said prior to Sunday's game, today's game, he said, we've got or we've been in, in this mode of urgency for quite some time now, and we understand the importance of every game. I feel like our guys have brought that onto the field each and every day, and that obviously has to continue. Hmm. Today's disaster was a result of a combination of factors, including, but not limited to, a short start by Corey Kluber. Expected, by the way. He only threw, what, 66 pitches in his first game back? This is only his second. But that was compounded by a continued overuse of the bullpen and crickets from the number two, three, and four spot of the batting order. That, my friends, is the perfect storm. So what I was looking for in Saturday's game, I have three things that I was looking for. One, before we get there, I think it's hard to believe that just yesterday, just yesterday, we talked about which pitcher would start the ALDS should the Yankees get there. And it looked like they were going to. We were operating, you and I, under the premise that Garrett Cole would be given the ball in a game one ridiculous wild card elimination game. And then we were also operating under the premise maybe not so ridiculous, that Corey Kluber would not be at pre-injury Kluber. I presented you three mystery pitchers, their 2021 stats and their 2021 stats against the Rays, who the Yankees figured to take on in that series. No one wanted pitcher A, who was Jameson Tyone, by the way. Most of you wanted pitcher B, who was Jordan Montgomery. And the runner-up was pitcher C, Nestor Cortez Jr., I'm picking Cortez, and like we talked about this yesterday, and we can get back into it tonight if you'd like, but that leads me to the number one thing that I was looking for in Sunday's matinee at Yankee Stadium, Corey Kluber. Because in order to play in that ALDS game, in order to play in that wild card game, you'd have to get there first. First thing, Corey Kluber. Um, I was expecting a longer outing than last time. We'll put it that way. Um, The short story is that it wasn't. That's not a great indicator for me. His short outings continue to tax this bullpen, which we'll get into in a second. And I really think that Corey Kluber, I said it then, he could have benefited by stretching out maybe, I would say definitely, one more game at the minor league level, maybe two more games at the minor league level. Because the final stat line for his his second start out is not good. It's not good enough, let's just say. It's not good for right now. That's fine if you're a team like the Rays, who've got a postseason berth all but locked up. But you aren't the Rays. You're the Yankees, and you're still trying to win games to get to the postseason. So I think, and I said it then, Corey Kluber needed some more time to rehab, not because he felt bad, but because his starts weren't great even at the minor league level. And two, when I think about Friday, Think about this series as a whole. The Yankees' first hit on Friday did not come until two outs into the fourth inning against the Orioles. You know, again. And I think about Saturday when the Yankees' first hit didn't come until two outs into the seventh inning. I mean, they were three hit by the Orioles yesterday for crying out loud. And I wondered to myself this morning, I said, where are the Yankees' bats? I was looking for the Yankees' offense to just show up and dominate today. Well, it did in the sense that it scored more runs today than it had than uh, it had combined in games one and two of this series. But that's not saying much. You know, I put up a Twitter poll yesterday. I love them. 
Actually, there's never been a Twitter poll that I've scrolled past that I did not vote in. <laughs> but I put one up yesterday on my Twitter, at Coach, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And I, and I asked, what's more astonishing? This is yesterday. The Mets letting a nine-run lead evaporate in a seventh-inning game, a seven-inning game, or the Yankees being no-hit into the seventh inning by the Orioles. Well, 60% of you guys voted that the Yankees being no-hit into the seventh inning by the Orioles was more astonishing than the Mets blowing a nine-run lead in a seven-inning game. And I'm with you. You know, in this series, the mighty Yankees, the mighty Yankees, only mustered 14 runs in 29 innings against Orioles pitching, which is among the worst group of pitchers assembled in the entire league this season. The Orioles allow, on average, I'm going to round up, on average, six runs per game. Like, this is just totally unfathomable. And you'd think that today, of all days, the Yankees would be able to find their bats. Because before today, entering today, the Orioles starter, Keegan Atkin, had the second worst ERA in all of baseball. And don't look it up. The only pitcher worse in terms of ERA than, than Atkin was Jake Arrieta. He's, he's got the only pitcher with a worse ERA than the Orioles starter today. And today, how did the Yankees' bats respond? Well, Judge, Gallo, Stanton, they were all silent. 0 for 8 with three walks. Yesterday, Judge, Gallo, and Stanton, 1 for 12. So to tally that up, in the two Yankees lost it to the lowly Orioles, their number two, three, and four batters hit one for 20 with three walks. That can't happen. Especially against this team. And especially against today's pitcher. And then the third thing I was looking for coming into this game today was how was Jonathan Lewisica's absence going to affect this team? Because as you know, this morning, he was put on the IL with a strained right rotator cuff. He will not pick up a baseball and throw it for the next 10 days. So this morning, Aaron Boone called it a big loss for us. They're absolutely, immediately, already missing him. This morning I wrote down, well, who's going to step up in his absence? Well, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Andrew Heaney, who absolutely imploded in the seventh inning. As a Yankee, here's his stat line. As a Yankee, he's got an ERA of 7.31. And he's got, and that's in 28 in a third innings. It's awful. It's terrible. And then all things considered, to me, the turning point in this game, and it might be a minor thing, but to me at the time, and even now looking back, it was big. I heard it on the radio on my way in today. It came in the top of the sixth inning. Glaber Torres made a lazy play that unfortunately cost the team a run. Susan Waldman explained it as, Torres taking two steps and double clutching on his throw to first base. Gutierrez, the batter, was safe at first. And that should have been the third out. Because you guys listening that have played the game, have coached the game, have umpired the game, those types of base runners always end up scoring. And John Sterling must have been reading my mind because he asked the same question. He said, will it matter? Well, Cedric Mullins answered our question when he took Abreu's 2-2 pitch for a 363-foot ride over the fence. The Orioles 
with that two-run home run, climbed within one run at that point. 5-4 Yankees. Glaber Torres should have had the Yankees out of that inning. Instead, the lazy play came back to bite him and his team, which ended up ultimately losing by one run. Torres, after the game, said, the field was a little bit wet, there's a lot of water. I'm going to stop him right there, and I'm going to say, well, it was wet, and there was a lot of water for the other team as well. That's, to me, never an excuse to blame the weather because the other team is not operating in a bubble either. But he continued along to say, I just tried to grab the ball really well and throw back to first base. He hustled really well. I took too long to throw. And then Meredith Morakovic followed up with um, a question asking that if he felt like he should have made that play. Torres responded, yeah, for sure. It's my mistake in that situation. So while I appreciate the ownership that he took over the entire situation, it's still an inexcusable mistake. And it's inconceivable that the Yankees, who are looking to hold on to a wild card spot, could not take care of a team that had been figuratively playing golf since before this season even began with their 0% chance to make the postseason. And who basically fire-sold all of their assets, except for maybe Trey Mancini, and they have to figure out what to do with him. This Yankees team allowed that Orioles team to overtake them today and score four runs in the seventh inning, which, by the way, would have been Loisaga's inning. So this does not bode well for a Yankees team that has a stretch of 20 games in a row upcoming. And the bottom line is, you have to beat the teams in your division if you want to win the division. This is not AP calculus here, guys. The Yankees are 28-32 and 32 against ALE's teams. Right now, they sit seven and a half games back of the Rays. Sayonara, they're off to the races. That's for the division. And, and they're in a precarious position in the wild card race as well. And I was thinking for the Mets, uh, maybe I was thinking like break even. You know, the, the, the song uh, by the script, uh, break even was I was thinking because the Mets just broke even. They're 69 and 68. That's their record. They're, they are just one game above 500, and they're alive, but they're barely breathing, right? But we'll, if you're a Met fan, you're going to focus on the still alive part because as many times as people wanted to bury this Mets team, never me, by the way, they are not dead yet. In fact, the Mets have won eight of their last nine official games, and because of that doubleheader, you can put that at eight plus one, we'll say. And at this very moment, right now, the Mets are sitting three games back in the AL East, uh, sorry, the NL East race. And when you look at, okay, well, maybe, maybe not of the NL East, well, they're three and a half games back for a wild card spot. And then the Mets were doing a little scoreboard watching. The Marlins took the Phillies to 10 innings, and they could not seal the deal for the Mets, did not do the Mets a favor. The Phillies beat the Marlins 4-3. to three. And then the Braves just beat down the Rockies 9-2 to in Denver. That game ended just a little while ago. But scoreboard watching in September is fun, isn't it, Mets fans? So up until the ninth inning today, Sunday, the Mets had 15 hits, but only three of them were home runs. So they were clearly able to bunch and string some hits together, generate tons of traffic on the base paths. And those figures, of course, until Kevin Pillar absolutely kicked in and blew the doors off of National Park, Nationals Park excuse me, in the ninth inning with just one swing. That grand slam, the third of his career, 
was the exclamation point and an offensive explosion, the offensive barrage that the Mets assembled today. These Mets, it's not new information about them. These Mets are a resilient bunch. Saturday in game one of the doubleheader, they they blew a nine-run lead and pulled out an improbable victory. Can you imagine that? The morale level after blowing a nine-run lead in that dugout. But this team did not give up. And it paid off in the form of an 11-9 to win for them. Game one, we're talking again. Giving up is just not in the Mets' MO. And by the way, in that game one, Francisco Lindor hit a two-run home run in the top of the ninth. The Mets fans, I noticed this, in the lower bowl in Washington, D.C., were standing and cheering him on as he rounded the bases and, and went home. We talked a lot about this yesterday. And Francisco Lindor, that's how you stop the booze. So good for him. And he hit another clutch home run today. And how about today? Before the Nationals even stepped to the plate, they found themselves down 4 nothing. That has all the makings of a blowout victory. In fact, the Mets had scored three runs before the Nationals even recorded a single out. But a blowout victory? Not so much in Mets land. Because the Mets today blew a four-run lead and a 6-3 to three lead. And yet, they were able to put it away for all intents and purposes in the top of the ninth inning off the bat of Kevin Pillar. They scored six runs in the ninth inning for crying out loud. And I know many Mets fans were looking at that score and asking themselves with their hands folded in prayer, is this enough of a lead this time? Well, it was. And for me, if I had to look back and pinpoint the turning point of the Mets game in that 13-6 to victory over the Nationals, I'm going to direct you to the bottom of the fifth inning, and I'm going to point to a guy named Jerry's Familia. Because, backtrack a little bit, with one out in that same inning, Taiwan Walker had just given up a bases-loaded, two-RBI single to Juan Soto, who was grounded, by the way, into the most double plays in the entire National League. And that brought the Nats to within one run of the Mets. And at that point, there were four consecutive ground balls or soft contact liners to Walker's name that inning. Walker then let a wild pitch fly, and the runner from third scampered home, and the game all of a sudden was tied at 6-6. to Walker walked the next batter to reload the bases, and that was it for him. He was clearly out of gas, and we've talked about that here. I probably would have pulled him much sooner if I were Rojas, knowing that, coming back from injury and all that, the innings that he's logged so far this season, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, the bullpen phone rang at number 27. Jerry's familiar was called upon to Houdini the Mets out of an improbable spot. A bases loaded, one-out jam in the bottom of the fifth. And that's precisely what he did. Familia struck out Carter Keyboom, which is the coolest name ever, Keyboom for a baseball player. And Riley Adams struck them both out swinging for the final two outs of the inning. So I indicate this as the turning point of the game because... If you're listening to it on the radio, which I was on the way in, and if you're watching it on TV, you knew that the momentum was totally in the Nationals' favor at this point in time. Totally. They just tied the score in the wildest of ways. And that inning had every potentiality to turn even uglier real fast. But Familia totally turned it around and shut out any hope of a comeback that inning anyway. I mean... What the Mets are doing, let's take a step back. It's kind of amazing, actually, considering that they've been missing 
baseball's best pitcher, Jacob deGrom, since before the All-Star game. And a guy that has been supposed to be their number two pitcher, Noah Syndergaard, pitched a single inning this season. And then just yesterday, Brandon Nimmo, the guy that among qualified batters, of course, all of them on the Mets team inclusive, Brandon Nimmo has the highest batting average on the team. He's got the best on-base percentage on the team. And he's got the third best OPS on the team. Those are some big guns to go into the battle for the postseason without. The question is, for the Mets anyway, is this sustainable? Well, obviously, no one's got a crystal ball. No one knows the answer to that question at this very moment. They will be playing the Mets in this series for four wins out of five against the National in our national nation's capital tomorrow. Like, that's all you can ask for if you're a Met fan. They're going to be playing for four out of five wins. And if you look ahead, which I know all of the players will tell you that they aren't doing, but even if they're not, we can. The Mets have, of course, one more game against those Nationals and then a three-game series against the Marlins. So through Thursday, what's today? Sunday. So through Thursday, at least, I'm expecting the Mets' stock to continue to rise. After that, we're just going to have to wait and see what kind of confidence that they've built up during this stretch as they take on the remaining teams on their schedule that are, and I'm using air quotes, better than them. The Yankees, the Cardinals, the Phillies, and ultimately, the Braves. And if you're a Mets fan, based on what Javier Baez said after the game today, you'd think that that level of confidence is currently high. You'd hope it continues because he said, it feels great. It gives us the chance to get more pitches in the zone. And if not, we've got a guy behind us who's going to do the job. When we do that as a team, it's going to be really dangerous. And then Taiwan Walker, in his postgame presser, stated the obvious. He said, I think we're just playing really good baseball right now. And I'm going to add, in the most crucial part of their season. Mets fans hope that it continues. Yankees fans hope that it turns around. So... Let's get it going. I have set the table for you guys. I can't wait to talk with you. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan at dinner time on The Fan in New York City. The Fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, Hey Siri, play WFAN. Welcome back to Danielle at dinner time. Maybe if you're a Yankee fan... You don't have much of an appetite now coming off that loss. We've got the weekend here on Labor Day weekend. Paul Rosenberg behind the glass tonight. Taking your phone calls. Man, oh man, what a Yankees loss. Not of just the game, but of the series. Mets are trending up right now. And um, you know what? Before we before we do that, and I see you guys on hold, if you can't get through by any chance, you guys can follow me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I do have it open. There are a lot of tweets coming in. A lot of angry Yankee fans, um, but I will keep up with them as best as possible. Some good ones, of course, you'll get to be read on air. So I, I decided to do this like new school year. Maybe you don't know my day job. I'm a teacher. So I decided to do this like new school year, new me challenge, you know. It starts with eating better. I, and I know, I know. Everybody, I think, can understand that the fast-paced lives that we live and everything. So eating better obviously is top-notch, right? But um, I still consider myself an athlete. <laughs> So yesterday after my show, Saturday show, I tried something new. Maybe you guys saw it. I brought a change of clothes with me here, dropped my stuff off in the car, and I went for a run. 
And if you saw on my Twitter and my Facebook, I posted a video that I stopped to take while I was on that run. Though just the view was just amazing. It's just it's a different, more exciting feeling to run around the streets of Manhattan than it is suburban New Jersey. I'll tell you that much. I don't know, just so much more energy. And I just, I forgot to start the tracker on my watch. And I was not happy about that. But anyway, I, I hope to make that part of my Saturday routine because it was actually pretty fun. I'll keep you guys posted on the spots that I go or end up or whatever. But um, I want to ask too, does anybody know of any like 5Ks at any of the, like, the stadiums? Because I know they had them. I don't know. Are they back yet? Don't the Jets do one in the fall? I guess I'm just looking for your help here. Not on like the small town ones, you know, just the, the big scale ones. 5Ks. I don't want to do a 10K, but a 5K maybe. Um, I know that they did have them. And, and I don't want to start big. I don't want to do a town one. I want to do a big one. So maybe you guys can just, instead of doing it on the phone, but you can tweet me those suggestions, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. If you're not on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan as well. Okay, let's go. Um, Justin, you are going to lead us off tonight. Justin in Deer Park. And, you know, um, I'm a big Yank fan. Out of, this was by far the most embarrassing loss I've seen, and you really need to designate Haney for assignment this time. Yeah, I think so. I mean... It's just been bad. I mean, at time after time after time, Justin, thanks for the call. You've seen him come out there and just do terribly. I mean, what was it? The first game he ever pitched in a Yankee uniform? Didn't he give up like four home runs, three or four home runs? Like the f- very first game? You want to give the kid a benefit of the doubt, right? I know the Yankees loved him, love maybe still currently, because he, he produces apparently a lot of ground ball outs. And that's what they're after in their bullpen, ground ball outs. But... I mean, when is the experiment over? Because, I mean, against the Baltimore Orioles, you couldn't get it done. And, it, again, I'll say it again. It's not like the Yankees have locked up a postseason berth. They they haven't. They're not the Rays. They're not the Dodgers. They're not guaranteed, basically guaranteed, a postseason spot. And they're trying to amass wins. And doing that, and by doing that, it's not putting Andrew Hanian in a high-leverage situation in a game, no matter who the opponent is, today it was the Orioles, where he has the chance to really screw it up. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I, don't, I really don't get it, why they keep giving him the ball. And, and you knew it. Loisega has been absolutely dominant for this Yankees team. Dominant. And um, he just... His absence is immediately felt, immediately, in this game earlier today. And, um, you know, because the game was kind of a little bit longer than normal, I was supposed to come on at, at 6, and I came on a little bit later. We're a little bit weird on the breaks, so we're going to have to hit a break here. But maybe you're a Yankee fan heading home from the game. But, you know, Derek Jeter is going to be enshrined in Cooperstown on Wednesday. Maybe that's a, a pick-me-upper. Were you guys at his last game, potentially? Do you have a message for Derek Jeter? What's your favorite Jeter memory? We'll t- take that and more of your calls about this Yankee disaster coming right up on the fan. The home of Giants football and Yankees baseball is WFAN, 1019 FM and the Odyssey. I got you. Well, the New York Yankees have officially lost the series to the worst team in baseball. Oh, Siri thought I was calling him. I have a him. <laughs> no, the series. The series. Listen, this was a brutal, brutal loss for the Yankees and brutal loss 
of a game and of a series. I mean, how much worse could it be that it was the Orioles who have handed the Yankees two losses in the in the last three games? I got a tweet from Michael Inegri, and he said, the Yankees' Achilles heel front and center again. The bullpen can't get the job done, getting overworked, and now with JL, Jonathan Luizaga out, it's a concern with no days off until September 22nd. Yes, and then I put... Underscore, underscored by starting pitchers not pitching long enough into games, whether that is that they just can't or that they're yanked too soon. And, and I've been sitting on this quote for a while, and I so long that I forget when it was from. But I would say within the past month or so, I don't know, maybe fact-checkers can go and see, when was the last time Jameson Tyone pitched into the seventh? Because he said that uh, Meredith asked him if he was frustrated when they took him out. Tyone said, I felt like I could have pitched into the eighth. To go five and a third is a bit frustrating. Okay, so he pitched five and a third, whatever day that was. Tyone said, I felt like I could have pitched into the eighth. To go five and a third is a bit frustrating. Again, that is Aaron Boone yanking pitchers too soon, getting to the bullpen. And days like today where Corey Kluber, you couldn't expect Corey Kluber to pitch seven innings. I, I don't know if you guys are like crazy like thinking about that, but... He, it was four innings. I was hoping he was going to get to five. That was like the internal goal that I set for him. Five or like eighty pitches. I don't. I don't think he hit. He definitely didn't hit five innings. I don't think he hit eighty pitches either. Uh, let me look. Pitches. Kluber seventy eight. Okay, well seventy eight. It was almost eighty, but it just wasn't good enough. And then they had a combination of Rodriguez, Abreu, Haney, and Peralta and Green. I mean, come on, man. I think Aaron Boone had the, in his mind that that it was going to be Chad Green from the beginning. And that was it. There was nothing that was going to deter him from that script. There's nothing that was going to take his eyes off the prize of that script and say, okay, Chad Green, we're actually going to use you in this situation. We need two innings out of you. So we're going to use you here. That's not what the script said. That's not what the computer said. The computer said to keep Chad Green in to close this game. There was no straying from it. And unfortunately, part of the blame, when you look at it that way, lies within Aaron Boone as well. And this is a, a very wacky hour. I'm very sorry for you guys hanging on. There's a wacky hour with commercials because of the game and how late it went. So I appreciate you guys hanging on. If you can just hang on through this next update, and we'll take it from the top in the set. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. song for Labor Day weekend, LDW, maybe you're down the shore, maybe you're at DJ's, this is like the old school, get ready, sandstorm, <laughs> I got another S storm word to describe the New York Yankees that I can't say on the air, <laughs> um, it's just been, it's, it's, it's just inconceivable, inconceivable what happened at the stadium uh, this past Labor Day weekend, it's just amazing, it's just I don't understand. I can't compute in my mind and how the Yankees could have dropped two of three games to the worst team in the league. And the Yankees are in the playoff hunt, in the postseason hunt. We forget you can go ahead and forget about winning the the ALEs. Forget about it. Now it's just a matter of like treading water long enough to keep a wild card spot at this point. It's uh, it's concerning because it's not. It's not, it is that it, they lost to the Orioles, but it's the fact that it has exposed this team that when their two, three, and four batters, Judge, 
Gallo and uh, Stanton go one for 20, they can't win a game against, or two games, against the worst team in all of baseball. That's concerning. The bu- bullpen, that's concerning. Especially with Loisica gone. I mean, Chapman, I was just, I was like thinking to myself just now, like, oh, our oldest Chapman, yeah, he still stinks. Because, uh, what was it? Last night, Saturday night. There's Chapman again, giving it up. I mean, so it's just, it's just, this, this loss of a series to the Orioles is just indicative of stuff that we already knew about this Yankees team, but stuff that was buried during that win streak, if that makes any sense. And I appreciate you guys hanging on. So let me get right to you guys. 877-337-6666 in the order that you guys called. Douglas in the Bronx, you're up next on The Fan. Hi, Danielle. How are uh, you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a big topic this past week are that the New York fans, that they boo the athletes. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel it's we're booing the performance, yes. not the person. Exactly. Um, I mean, we don't know Andrew Heaney from a hole in the wall, right. but he deserves to get booed. Uh, today's game has long been over, but uh, I think he's still coughing up hits and runs as we're speaking right now. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Right. I, I did indicate that actually in my notes too, and I wrote Heaney deserves to be booed. I did write that down because you know what? I don't know him. You don't know him. Neither of us have ever talked to him. But it's okay to boo him because you're booing his performance. And I think Javier Baez and Douglas, great point there. And thanks for hanging on to make that point because it's going to spur the discussion here. That's what players like. I said it yesterday. Javier Baez and, and Francisco Lindor, those players have to realize that. That they're booing the performance. They're potentially booing the acquisition of Baez when he was the wrong cub to pick. They're booing you know, the product on the field as a whole, not them as individual people. You heard the boos last night for, or two nights ago for Joey Gallo coming up short in a big spot. You heard him for Andrew Heaney coming up really bad in a big spot today. It's just, it's part of the game if you are a New York athlete. That's it. Do not take it personally. I told a story yesterday about how, you know, I'm a teacher during the daytime. I actually got booed in my classroom one time. These were kids that I had for four years. They were seniors. It was the end of senior year, and I was doing work. I gave them work to do. I mean, oh, my God, I'm the worst teacher ever. I gave them work to do, and they booed me. Like, I knew they weren't booing me. They were booing the fact that I was making them work in June. I was able to separate that in all of, I don't know, five seconds or less. I don't understand why Baez and Lindor couldn't have separated that themselves. Richard in Manhattan, you're up next on The Fan. Danielle, yesterday wasn't all Chapman's fault. If Sanchez catches that ball, he would have got out of the inning. And look, uh, look here's that's, a problem. That's the, that's the yeah. lethal combination. Sanchez-Chapman, boom, bing, yeah, bang. There you okay. go. Haney's allowed to pitch 32 pitches today. He gets one out, five batters get on. Mm-hmm. The other night, the Yankees have a relief pitcher, nine pitches, one, two, three, and he comes out. So if you're pitching great, you're coming out after nine pitches. If you're pitching lousy, you're allowed to work yourself in 32 pitches. Makes no sense. Doesn't make any sense, does now, it? Yesterday, Lindor and Baez. All right. Consider yesterday's game a long 16-inning game. First game, nine innings. Second game, seven innings. Mets, doubleheader. Okay? Because they were one after another. Rojas chose to pinch hit his two best players in the first game, who combined five for nine, two homers, five RBIs, four run scores, and two home runs. 
Meanwhile, he lost Nimmo, so he's going without three of his best players in the second seven innings of the game. Made no sense. After the game, he says, I want to rest them. It's getting low. Yeah. yeah. I agree with resting. Yes. But not after they're five for nine and you're fighting for your life for a player. Exactly. You don't rest them after that. You play a hot hand and you go with it. One more thing, Danielle. This is for Rob Manfred. Mets played two games yesterday. Game one was a nine-inning game. Mm-hmm. Four hours and five minutes. Game two was a seven-inning game. Two hours and 17 minutes. Danielle, you know which game I'd rather go for for the rest of my life? Probably the shorter one. The second game, yes. two hours. That's just right up my alley. Yeah. Nine-inning games, four hours, no more. That time is gone. It's gone. Just like the way of greasy fat and saturated oil. Gone. <laughs> Forget about it. And king-size fries at fast food restaurants. I'm with you. I get it. I understand. Great points on all of them. And and you saw it. was Derek Jeter. He was saying the other day that he was talking about the length of games. Okay, I, listen. I could sit through a four-hour game. I can if it's filled with action. And that's what he said. He said it's that these games are just uh, watered down of action. Right, because for if if you're engaged in a game, a, a movie, anything, concert, you don't care how long it goes if you're engaged in it. If there's a lot of action, but the fact of the matter is there isn't enough action generated in today's games, and that is the problem. So Rob Manfred needs to figure that out, because when you think I'm in the schools, when you look at the kids and you ask them, would you rather play baseball or lacrosse, which are both spring sports, they're picking lacrosse because there's so much more action in a game like that versus a game like baseball. That is a longer-winded conversation for another day. But, yes, point well taken. I hear you. Uh, Mickey in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. You're up next on The Fan. Thanks, Daniel, for taking my call. Of course. Thanks for making it. Um, I don't want to talk about the Yankees' performance. I want to talk more about Boone as the managing this team. And I'll throw Cashman in there also. Mm -hmm. And I have two points I'd like to hear your comments on them. One is about the lineup and then about Luis Gill. Yeah. So I did some calculations this morning. I cannot understand when you have Rizzo and Gallo in the lineup, why Gallo is batting second. He's a rally killer. Now, here's what I looked up. You know, because people are going to say, well, he walked 101 times. Mm -hmm. Well, I got news for you. His on-base percentage with the Yankees before today's game is 290. Mm What is Rizzo's? 310. And not only that, Rizzo's hitting 100 and something points higher than him. Mm -hmm. Why they continue to bat this guy second? In the last week, LeMahieu has led off with hits a few times. Gallo strikes out. He should not be batting second. I just don't understand it. I really don't. Now, I'm not saying take him out of the lineup, Mm -hmm. because I do believe in this lefty-righty thing. It's it's proved its point when they brought both of them up. But this guy should be batting fifth, and Rizzo should be batting second. The second point I have is— Wait, Mickey, let me just comment on that really quickly. You and I are in total agreement yesterday about this, because I mentioned this yesterday. I said, I, I wondered aloud, when the lineup came out right as I was going off the air, I was like, wow, why is Joey Gallo still batting second? Why Why is he sharpied into the, the two-hole for this Yankees team? I'm it's with you. unbelievable. I don't get it either. It, hasn't been, it wasn't the first time. I it know. And today, and the statistics show it. You know, it's just, it's terrible. Yes. The other, the other point, and I'm glad this guy before mentioned it, and you did before the break about how Boone is, I just think he's the worst handler of pitching I've ever seen, and I've been following the baseball almost 60 years now. He's clueless. When you take someone out that shuts down a team with 
I think there was a game last week with five pitches, and now with nine the other day. And you take him out? Why? I don't to bring know. in an unknown pitcher? You don't know what he's going to do in a big spot uh, in an AL East game. And that, you know, I, I understand. I don't. I don't get it either. <laughs> My second point was about Gil, Louis Hill. Yes. Why has this guy been in the minors mm. for, what is it, 10 days now, or is it longer? I, okay. I don't understand it. Yeah. This guy can come in when a starting pitcher fails early. He can give you three, four innings. He can come in, do the seventh day. Yep. He can close the game. Why is he in the minors? Yeah. I mean, what is Cashman thinking? I, I don't understand this. Yeah, Mickey, I really don't. Great points there. Louis Hill is... Um Nowhere to be found. Like, we're going to put an all-points bulletin out for Luis Heal, everybody, because no one knows where he is. No, seriously, though. I mean, people know where he is. I'm just making a joke here. I'm being facetious. But I was wondering the same thing, and Jack Curry did address it on the post game that I had on on the studio here um, on the Yes Network, and he, basically, I'm paraphrasing, said that they decided to keep him down to stretch him out more, is what he said. That's puzzling to me for a team that is... I mean, that has almost and should have been swept by the worst team in baseball, that they're keeping their best players down, Luis Hill being one of them so far, right? Keeping them down in the minor leagues. I I don't understand. I don't get it. Get him up there. Start him in the next game. And maybe what you do is you stretch Corey Kluber out a little bit because he wasn't stretched out enough. He, He deserved at least one more rehab start. What you do is you start Luis Hill, let him go as long as he can, Pitch Corey Kluber for four innings beyond that, and then you save your bullpen that way. The Yankees don't have an off day until September 22nd. I mean, they have to. Aaron Boone has to figure it out. And his unwillingness to move, because it, in the pregame, they were saying that Green was going to be the closer. Green is going to be the closer. Okay, and guess what? It didn't matter how the game transpired today. Green was going to be his closer. That is fundamentally wrong. Brian in West Palm, you're up on the fan. I uh, uh, I'm a, I will also run. Uh, if you want to run five and ten k's, I ran from the United States. I grew up in Westbury. You can run uh, track meets at Mitchell Field. They use it for NASA Community College's football stadium. I was the first person to run there. But I want to talk about the Yankees. Okay, great. I just wrote that down. Thank you. No, okay. I'm just saying. I, okay. I grew up next to Eisenhower. I grew up. I grew up in Westbury. I grew up with the Jets. I'm a Giant fan. The Jets, Islanders, and Nets. So I grew up my whole life mm-hmm. in, with professional athletes. Great call before. Why is Ruby Seal in Scranton? You should be starting one of the games against Toronto. It's crazy. Yeah, like tomorrow. Cashman, Cashman has no clue. This. I played baseball for Florida State, Daniel. I grew up in Westbury. And God bless me, I was a, a second baseman. I played for Dick Howes, who managed the Yankees and the Royals. This is the problem with Cashman. He signs people for power instead of contact. Yes. You've gotten Cattell Marte from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Give up a couple of prospects, Danielle. Okay? I agree with the, the caller before. Why is... Why is uh, um, uh, Gallo, oh, Gallo batting second. Yeah. It's like crazy. And also, crazy. Sanchez, Sanchez could have been... I, I I had dinner with Hal Steinbrenner over in Tampa. I live in West Palm. What, they, the Yankees could have had Riamuto for Sanchez when he was with the Marlins. They didn't do it. That's crazy. Cashman is a terrible general manager, and Boone is a terrible in-game manager. I'm a better manager than he is. Wow, Brian, that is shots fired. Oh, my God. No, I'm with you. I understand. Aaron Boone is a is a terrible in-game manager. That's been proved over and over and over again. 
Brian Cashman has fallen in love with his prospects, and look where that has gotten him now. Where is Andujar? Where is Clint Frazier? He should have dealt those guys when he had the chance to do so. I'm talking, what, two years ago, right? It's just... uh, Sometimes I'm at a loss for words, and right now I kind of am at a loss for words. The Yankees are in the, the thick of it, vying for a postseason spot. And, and and here's another thing. Well, I'm going to save that, actually, for right after the break because I have another player that I, I'm, I'm wondering where he is as well. But it's just inconceivable where, where Luis, Luis Heel is and has been great for this Yankees team. And where is he? And why hasn't he been up? I mean, you could not have been expecting seven innings out of Corey Kluber today. Everybody seems so surprised that he pitched four. That's what it was expected out of him was to pitch about four or five innings. I don't understand. And Chapman, take him too. Eric in Bridgeport, Connecticut, you're up next on The Fan. Hey, D, thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. Of course, Eric, what's up? So let me ask you, would you take five innings of one-hit ball and nine Ks today? Because that's what Louis Gill did yesterday. Mm, nice. You know, and I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm stealing thunder because three guys before me just mentioned it's it. Okay. That's the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, come on. He should be up, and Michael King is actually rehabbing. He pitched great yesterday, too. Mm-hmm. Two innings, uh, four Ks, one hit. The back end of the bullpen needs help. The rotation needs help. My question to you is, since... It seems like we're beating the Luis Hilva to a dead pulp. I'm kind of hoping that we can maybe get something out of Sevy and maybe something out of Herman. Now, I know they're probably not going to get stretched out to start mm-hmm. towards the end of the year and into the playoffs. But, I mean, if Sevy could give you an inning out of the pen, Herman could give you two innings out of the pen, I'd much rather see them than Andrew Haney right now. Well, the problem is, Eric, and good point there, That, but that, the problem is two things. One, first being that there are um, – limits on how many players that you can have and it's not what it used to be so to carry a severino for one inning and this person for one inning it just it takes the bats out of some guys like velasquez potentially so i don't know if i agree totally with that you can't keep a guy on the roster if he's only going to pitch one inning you can't do it for the postseason i'm saying if the yankees even get there right but uh i watched the pregame on on the s network and luis severino uh, he's not going to be a starter. I think everybody understands that. But there's a question mark of whether he's not, uh, whether or not he's going to come back at all. He hasn't even pitched out off the mound yet. And then Domingo Herman apparently is a little closer. That's what Meredith said. Domingo Herman is closer than Severino, which is crazy to me. Um, they're both going to be bullpen arms, and but you can't have them for one inning. You cannot keep those guys on on the postseason roster to. to for one inning, you just can't. And I, and the the quote from Aaron Boone is, "I don't know how much we'll be able to get them built up, but we'll see." That's it. We'll see. That's not too encouraging. And you know what? I never thought that I would be making a case for this particular Yankee to get more playing time, much more than he currently is. But here we are. I'm going to tell you who that is. It's not Luis Hill, by the way. And I'm going to tell you who it is. And why I think he deserves to be in the lineup more than he is. Coming right up. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Can I get down so I can I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. 
Welcome back to Danielle at Dinner Time here on The Fan in New York City. Now, this song was, uh, if you guys remember the guest I had yesterday, Madeline Burke. This is like her, this, when I did uh, beatboxing, this was her intro song. Because No Diggity or something. It was a nickname she had when she was younger or something. I don't know if I was supposed to say that on the air to all of you guys. But uh, she picked this song because of that reason. So now every time I hear this song, I think of her. Okay, so told you before. I never thought that I would take up and stand on a hill for this particular Yankee to get more playing time, but here we are. I'm wondering why Tyler Wade has been relegated to just a pinch-running bench role, it seems, as of late. Why does Rugnet Odor's name seem to be sharpied in at third base in Gio Urshela's absence? And did you notice that Gio Urshela actually pinch hit for Odor today? That's how desperate. That's how desperate this was. So just prior to the start of the game, I saw the Yankee lineup come out. And then I wondered, at that point, what could have made Aaron Boone choose Rook Nettodor over Wade, not just today, but continuously. Continually. Okay. The numbers, obviously, because I saw this before the game, these numbers are not inclusive of today's game, but I looked at some defensive metrics. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Rugnino Doors got to be a better defender than Tyler Wade. That's probably why they're picking him. Okay. The year 2021. Tyler Wade has a grand total of zero errors on 31 balls fielded. Zero errors. Third base, this is. Third base in the year 2021. Rugnino Doors, four errors. Two fielding and two throwing on 59 balls fielded. Tyler Wade has a higher percentage of balls fielded that ended in outs than Odor has. But also factor in the fact that Tyler Wade, prior to Saturday's game, this is, comparing both of them, is hitting almost 100 points higher than Odor. And Wade is obviously faster than him. And actually, Odor entering today's game was four for his last 34. This goes back to when I think of when um, Mike Ford was DFA'd or traded. His coach, I forget exactly, or agent, one of them, said something along the lines of like, on this Yankees team, some players are allowed to go for extended stretches without hitting the ball, and they're still fine in terms of standing on the team's place in the batting order. Yet some players, obviously implying Mike Ford, goes one for nine and he's DFA'd or sent to the minors or dropped to number nine in the order. And I, this is like a case, too. Like, Rugnet Odor, four for his last 34. You're in the home stretch of a playoff push here. Put his butt on a bench. Tyler Wade is a better batter, a better runner, and a better fielder, too. So, I don't know. It's just a thought that I had prior to the game starting today. I hope that the Yankees are finally getting to see that Tyler Wade, in Gio Urshela's absence, that is, don't get this twisted, Tyler Wade is the better replacement for third base instead of Rugnet Odor. I said it. There it is. And by the way, if you can't get through on the phones, I'm Danielle McCartan, by the way. Uh, if you can't get through on the phones, you can tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. That's open and right in front of me. Facebook, you can find me there too. Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Um, I don't have that up in front of me. Facebook makes it really hard to do things like live like this. So that's kind of why I have the Twitter feed up and running. Okay, back to your calls. In the order that you guys called, of course, that's the way I do it here. Uh, Brian in Milburn, you're up next on the fan. Hey, how you doing? I'm enjoying your um, 
radio show. Thanks, I'm, a, I'm a fan of yours now. Thank you. Days. Um, you're totally right. I was looking at the game, and I thought it was the uh, lefty guy that came in. But then when he turned around, and I see how the ball was traveling, like he's like doing batting practice. I'm like, wow. Who, Haney? This must be a Haney guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I looked, and I seen it was Haney. I said, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Okay. I understand the rule is you got to face three bat batters, right? Yes. Okay, so why he didn't get him out the game once he loaded the the, the, the bases? That's a great question. I don't want to say no. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> is it okay now? See, I have been calling, you know, radio stations for a while, and everybody been paying attention to the sport. And can we really blame Boone for that? If it's like some analytic thing going on behind him, and they got to do this for that, and that's how they want him to do it. Well, that's the thing. That is the Yankee strategy is to do it by the analytics, by the book. But I'm always advocating for the marriage of the gut manager versus the book manager. That's what I would like I, to see. That's my thing. I don't understand how you are baseball, your family been baseball for years, and they won't allow you to take a, a, a picture out the game that's just throwing batting practice? Well, I, yeah, batting practice is a good way to put it. And I just think that, that they, they had that guy, and his name was Joe Girardi. And then Joe Girardi didn't go along yes. with that. And then they fired him. After yes. taking the overachieving Yankees to within one game of the World Series, they fired yes. him. And then they got this guy who bought into their whole philosophy, and his name just happened to be Aaron Boone. It could be anybody. Pick, take your pick. It could be anybody. Yeah, it could be me or you. Right, exactly. I could do it all day. Yes. I would do it. I would sign up for that job. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm going to fire again and grand for it. Thank you. Have a nice day. I love your show. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. And I'm just looking at the final stat line for Heaney. He got the L today, by the way. A third of an inning pitched, four hits, four runs, all of which are earned. Come on. I don't understand. After, like, maybe the first or the second run, would you yank him? Or did that, that that's not what the computer said to do? I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. I don't know. Joseph, all the way out in L.A., you're up on the fan. Hello, good evening. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I want to bet with my cousin, who's a fanatical Yankee fan. Oh. Uh, you come here to gloat, sports. huh, Joseph? Yes, almost better than sports, too. I have four quick points, and I would like you to just address each of them, and then I'll let you go. All right, I got my pencil uh, in hand. Let's go. One. Uh, yes, one. Um, as I said, to be expected, they won, what, 13 in a row. Everybody's, you know, hail, hail to the Chiefs. They got the <laughs> King and the Heroes Parade, and here we go. And I said they finished. 500 at best the rest of the way. Ooh. I think it's a little bit of arrogance. You know, all I heard or you know, over the stations was all the cupcake schedules in September. Um, when was it written in stone that these guys had a playoff spot? Also, who's going to just – who do they think they are that – or anyone that the rest of these teams are just going to lay down? And the schedule is not as easy as they think. Now you got the next seven games are what? Two teams – who are absolutely desperate. Like, the Blue Jays literally, mm -hmm. for the next four days, have what? Their fate in their hands. Yeah. If they want, if they sweep them, they'll be a half game out. And like you said earlier, when I was listening, some of it is overuse. You're getting tired. Mm -hmm. Now your go-to guy is out on the DL or Wysica. Mm -hmm. So, and then the lack of days ago game the other day with the Angels, where it's almost like a bullpen game. So, Kluber out there, and he needs and we'll see what happens. Yep. So, is this like today, Heaney? Why is Heaney even being used? And I'm not even a Yankee fan, but I'm like, well, I just I can go out there and do better than that. <laughs> I can get I can give you an inning of you know just you know a ground ball, and that's another thing too. There are other ground ball guys out, Britain, but 
what if, like you said earlier, and I'll leave you with this, with this scenario, because I don't think they're going to make it. You ask me, I'm going to give a hot take to you. I don't know whether the next time I'll speak to you, but God bless. Um, I think they'll hang, uh, finish about a half a game or a game out, because it's going to come to roost where all I heard was, oh, Garrett Cole, you know, we're going to set him up for the, the, the wild card game. Well, number one, you got to get there first. Mm-hmm. And two, you may need him to pitch you into the playoffs against the Rays in that last series of September. Great point. And let's, and let's say that comes to roost there. Like, they wouldn't like nothing better than to keep you out. They're in anyway. Mm. So it would be great for them to keep you out. But you still got seven games with the Jets of Blue Jays. Then you got the Mets who need those games desperately. Still got three with the Red Sox. So I ask you, do you think they believe a little bit of their own hype? Why are they going back to this old lineup? Where is the excitement with the Floreal, the Allens, all those guys that helped create the Sparks in the first place? And uh, I just – I don't think they're going to make it. I think I'm, I'm going to take a half game, game out because I just – this is going to be tough. Nobody's going to just lay down for these guys and, you know, let them walk into this game that they haven't even clinched yet. Joseph, excellent call. Thanks for that. So first – he said uh, there were a couple points here. I didn't get all four. I got like three and a half of them. Uh, but uh, you think the Yankees are going to finish 500? I think a little bit better. Uh, I'm looking at the strength of schedule remaining. The Yankees have literally there's 30 teams in the league. The Yankees have the 15th middle, uh, best, easiest, worst remaining. They're 15th. They have three games remaining versus the Rays. Three against Boston. Seven against the what you said was a very desperate Blue Jays team. Yes. They've also got three more against the Orioles. You saw how that went. Three more against the uh, the Rangers and one against the uh, the Twins. Sorry, I'm looking at the logos. I blanked on the logo. I'm like, TC? What's that? No, Twin Cities. Uh, Twins, yeah. So, um, listen, I, I think the Yankees are going to make the postseason. They're going to get to that one-game one, card, one wild-card game because when you look at maybe the other teams that are in the mix, you got Oakland. They have the, the, the seventh most difficult uh, schedule remaining. And the Rays have the sixth most difficult schedule remaining. So, and I know that's why you play the game. I have a, I'm a player. I'm a coach. You know, you don't win games on paper, right? <laughs> or else there would be no playing of the games. Just ask the Orioles. They were not supposed to win any of these games this weekend. And they ended up winning two of them. Really should have been three, honestly. Could have been three. By like a, the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, the Yankees won that one game. But... Um, you called it arrogance about the Yankees, the Yankee fans, and everybody calling in here. I actually called it optimism because it finally, it, it was the first time that the Yankees had strung together a, a long list of, of wins and it felt really good. It felt like they were finally riding the ship. They fixed the compass on the, the you know, the hull of the ship and they're, they're riding it in the right direction. And then comes... A series like this against the Orioles, and we're right back into the Aaron Boone doesn't know how to manage in the game. Brian Cashman didn't put a, a big, good enough team out there. So uh, I, while you call it arrogance, I call it optimism. Great point about Cole versus Tampa Bay. I I didn't even consider that that that, that the Yankees probably could use Cole in that series against Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay would be highly motivated to keep the Yankees out of the race because you know what? I've got a cousin in Tampa who you may or may not know about. He texts me all the time. Like every day I get a barrage of text messages from him about how the Yankees suck and Rays are far superior. And if that is like a microcosm of how the team itself feels, oh man, the the Rays are going to be highly motivated to keep the Yankees out of any sort of playoff scenario. And then, yeah, I, I do agree with you about 
you know, the old lineup. You called it the old lineup. I agree. Um, because as these players are returning, Gleyber Torres being the most recent to actually make a full return, hitters, I mean, batters, fielders, the Yankees seem to be slipping back into the, I don't know, there's this, this feast or famine. There's no excitement. I mean, I had the game on here in the studio on my phone, actually, and I had the, the um, because I'm a visual person, I have to see it. Yankees um on my phone, I had the studio TVs tuned to, to SNY to watch the Mets. And I just, I don't know, I just felt myself drawn more to the Met game because they were just a more exciting team at that point. I didn't ever feel like the Yankees had a comeback in them. It's just a feeling you get when you're watching them. Like, again, here comes that feeling like, oh, they're down. Mm-hmm. They might not make it back. You know, it's just that feeling has returned and the excitement is gone. Velasquez is gone. You know, he's not in the order in a, in a, in a consistent basis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what I did want to look at? Oh, this was something I forgot to do. I wanted to look at stolen bases because that was the one metric. And I studied and I talked to Garrett Cole about this. There were like 10 different metrics that I looked at, offensively speaking, that were pretty even before All-Star break and after All-Star break. And I'm like, and I posed the question to him, like, what what is going on here? And he said, you know, guys are finally starting to play to the, I'm paraphrasing here, to the back of their baseball card. Yes, but then there was another thing. Stolen bases. The Yankees' number of stolen bases after the All-Star game, which is when they saw their surge, right? Or the trade deadline, I guess, which we should say instead. After the trade deadline, is the number of stolen bases is, was infinitely up. And I'm looking right now. There was not one Yankee stolen base in this game. Uh, I can venture to guess uh, there were probably none throughout the entire series. I can venture to guess, or maybe one or two. That's a stark contrast to the team that was that was out there. I just went back to yesterday's game, none. And let me look one more before we hit the break here. Uh, let me look on Friday's game, the eleven inning game. Were there any stolen bases? One. Uh, nope. No, none. There you go. the The identity of this team is shifting as we speak, as we're watching them. And it's not good. For God's sakes, get Joey Gallo out of the number two hole. Number two hole. And uh, a tweet has come out from Steve Cohen. My reaction to that tweet, and maybe yours too, Mets fans. 877-337-6666. Coming right up. The fan is on your smart speaker. Hey, to listen to the home of sports, just say, okay, Welcome back to Danielle at dinner time. Is it still dinner time? I know Paul just said he's going to go downstairs and pick up some food in a few minutes. Thanks for making us part of your Labor Day weekend, everybody. I know it's been a, a crappy weekend if you're a Yankee fan. Met fan, I guess you're still hopeful, right? And there's a tweet. We've got a tweet. I feel like I'm one of those reality shows. we got a tweet. We've got a message from Steve Cohen. He says, where are the Twitter experts complaining about Baez now. They must be away for the weekend. No, Steve Cohen, I'm right here. I'm still here. Because when you look at the long term, and I, and I highlighted stats of Chris Bryant from the day he was traded to the San Francisco Giants, like the day one from the Giants until the last game that he played, and then Javier Baez from the, last, the first game that he played for your New York Mets until the last game he played, like right? So we are current. You look at the stats. Steve Cohen... You still P 
picked the wrong cub. Want to look at home runs? Okay, let's look at home runs. Chris Bryant has more. You want to look at RBIs? Okay, let's look at RBIs. Chris Bryant has more. Um, what else do you want to look at? Walks? Chris Bryant has uh, two and a half times the number of walks that, that Javier Baez has. Uh, what else do you want to look at? Batting average? Yeah, Chris Bryant, higher. On base percentage? Yep, Chris Bryant. Uh, let me do some quick math here. About 75 points to 85 points, higher. Uh, slugging percentage? Yep, Chris Bryant, higher. Okay, so let's let's not play that game, Mr. Cohen. And, you know, I just sometimes wish that Steve Cohen would uh, would just stop with the tweets. It's just a little much sometimes. It's just, you know, the, the, I don't know. I just don't like it. The, the, the public criticism of, of the team should not be done on Twitter. I mean, you're an owner now. You're not a fan. I think Steve Cohen maybe has to uh, grapple with that fact that you are no longer a fan of the team, tweeting about the team. You own the team. So that is my response to you on WFN Radio about uh, complaining about bias. No, I'm not away for the weekend. I'm right here working. And right here with you guys. 877-337-6666. Robbie in Lennox, you're up on the fan. Danielle, it's really good to talk to you again. I haven't talked to you for a while since the overnight. I've got a lot of things to say, so so let me get your, your opinion on this. A couple of things. First of all, this is a disgusting loss. A, a couple a couple of reasons. Let's go back to the 13-game winning streak. Okay, let's go back to a couple of weeks ago when Tyler Wade was inserted into the lineup and the Yankees were stealing bases. Yes. Let's go back to the lineup when they actually had when they were playing a lineup that was producing runs and pitching that was producing pitching. The idea of Corey Kluber being experimented here in September is ridiculous. And how come Heal's not brought up? I have had enough of watching Andrew Haney. Aaron Boone is ridiculous. I mean, can you play the same lineup and the same batting order once or t- twice for, for two games in a row? I mean, Joey Gallo hitting second. Who the hell puts up a guy sitting 134 as a Yankee and bats in second? Yes. What kind of nonsense is this? Don't know. I Let's don't know. Derek Jeter versus Joey Gallo. Can you explain that one? I, I, can't, I mean, I Derek can't, Jeter versus Joey Gallo. I can't. I mean, the, right? Right. It makes no sense to me. And the thing is that the, the question I have for you is that who is the pitcher behind Garrett Cole if they make the playoffs? This has been yeah. Brian Cashman's biggest problem for how long? How long has it been a problem for him? Yeah. When is he ever going to get a choir pitcher that can pitch behind Cole? This has been their problem. They have no pitching depth. The tie-in experiment, the Kluber experiment. Let's bring this guy up. And that guy, what's wrong with Nestor Cortez? And yes. please, can you pitch a guy for more than three and two-thirds of an inning? Yep. Uh, it's disgusting what they did today. In fact, to lose a 7-2 lead to these guys? I mean, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And then, you know what? Take all the anger that you that you have in the series and go use it against Toronto. That's the only positive thing you can say. You take all the embarrassment and you use that as as a motivation to go after uh, go after the uh, the Blue Jays. So and, and that's it, that, Robbie. That. Yeah, Robbie. Huh? Thanks. That that thanks, that, that is the message that I would be conveying conveying in that clubhouse too, if I were um, any part of the Yankees management. But the Corbett, Corey Kluber experiment. He needed another, at least one more um, rehab start. For sure. You asked who is behind Cole. The Yankees are hoping that it's Kluber. But this right now is is a crucial time for him in determining whether or not he is going to be that guy behind Cole. Because right now, he's not. But, again, I go back to he needed one more rehab start. Needed to be stretched out one more game before he came back. And maybe used in a different role. Who knows? But this Heaney thing, I'm over. And you asked 
who's who's the number two behind Cole? Well, we did that yesterday. It's not Jamison Tyone. Most everybody wanted Jordan Montgomery. I actually would would opt for Nestor Cortez Jr. But it's it's not clear cut. It was supposed to be Severino, and where is he? It was supposed to be Kluber, and where's the real? Will, will the real Corey Kluber please stand up? Right? Is that that's what we're trying to figure out here? I don't know. Great points. I don't know. And just the excitement has been zapped from this team. Yet again, it feels. Let's go, Kevin in Camden. You're up next. What's up, Coach? How are you, Kevin? I'm good. I want to talk about the Yankees because I, I told you this on Twitter, but I'm going to be a man. I'm going to, be, I'm going to admit I'm going to eat some crow. <laughs> and you know what? I'm kind of glad to do so because uh, Mrs. Fan, I don't know today you didn't do much, but Mrs. Fan's been proving me wrong. And proving you wrong, I wouldn't. I'm not the biggest fan of Stanton, and I'll I'll give him his credit. He deserves it. He's played great lately, not he today, has. but he's played great overall lately. Yes. And Mr. Sanchez, who I personally and you know this from many many phone calls, I do not like him, but he had a heck of a game today. He is. I'll give him his credit today. I will give him his credit. He deserves it. Two home runs. They should have won that game. Should have won that game. But Andrew Heaney, I, 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 he's got to go. Cashman should not, should not have acquired him. Should have gotten somebody else because you were just saying about Kluber. You you need a bona fide starter because I'm telling you that this, this Yankee rotation outside of, outside of Cole. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what else do we have? I, I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. It, it's a, because and and Aaron Boone. I I have no confidence because he has this problem and and I and he had this problem with Hicks. Once Hicks was hidden, Hicks was number two and number three, and now it's the same problem with Gallo. Mm-hmm. Got to change the lineup, Bone. Yes. Yeah, remember when we uh, talked about that? When I, he wouldn't I keep move... rehashing this, but yeah. it's just... Yeah, remember when he wouldn't move Hicks out of the, out of the top spot? Or the and close... we were screaming about I know, it. like, what uh, the... It's the same thing. The same yes. Thing. I, I thought, he, I thought actually, I thought, you know, I told my dad, I thought Boone learned from his mistakes. How much of a moron was I to think that he actually learned from his mistakes? <laughs> well, no. I mean, Kevin, oh, my... It, they're it's, not his it's, mistakes. It's maddening. It's it the really co- is. Kevin, it's the computer algorithm. Come on now. Oh, please. And then Rojas is the exact same. I'm saying, uh, these two New York managers got to go. Both of them got to get shown the door. Please, I... I, I uh, look, I'm having them, you know, both, well, the Mets are doing good, but both, both of these men just got to go, though. The Yankees need to wake up, change the lineup a little bit, give Wade, and I never thought I said that either, give Wade some more time. You've got to wake up, Yankees. This is almost October. You guys are sleepwalking. You didn't clinch anything yet. <laughs> I'm just saying, Yankees, wake up. Kevin. Give me a break. I mean, really. I'm I just, I'm so sick of this. They act so nonchalant. It's, it makes me mad. This is New York. This is not other cities. This is New York. We got to keep winning. We can't lose. Well, I, I just, I, I had to let it out today. I was just, I had to call in about these Yankees. Cause it, this, this game was just maddening to me. Sorry about that, Coach. <laughs> Kevin, I feel the passion there. I think a lot of fan, Yankee fans can uh, commiserate with that. It's just the, the frustration comes from the fact that it looks like it did before the acquisitions of Stanton and Rizzo. I mean, of, of Gallo, I'm sorry, Gallo and Rizzo. I, I had a Stanton on my mind. But it looks like it has before the acquisitions of Gallo and Rizzo. It, that's what it looks and feels, more importantly, feels like. And I know the computers can't feel things that make these lineups and spit this out, but Joey Gallo, love him, 
Love that he's a left-hand batter, right, in this order. Deserves no part of batting second for as long as he's held on to this spot. It's it's not a demotion, you know, like to be dropped in the batting order. It's it's just not. It's He can't deal with the pressure, maybe. I mean, he grew up a Yankee fan. He's playing for the Yankees in a postseason push, and he can't get it done for the Yankees in a postseason push. And he's pressing even harder. Drop him in the order. There are other guys that can handle it. My case in point being today. You looked at the batting order today, and you saw Sanchez, comma, G, penciled in to the number nine spot. And then you see his output. What he did in this game today. Two, not one, two home runs. One of which was a grand slam. That is a confidence-building spot for a guy like Gary Sanchez. Six RBIs for Gary Sanchez today in the nine hole. Now, I'm not suggesting you move Joey Gallo down to the nine hole. However, there are other ways that you can configure this. And Gallo, J in the two hole is not the way to do it. Not right now. The Yankees need more production out of their two, three, and four hitters. Because in this series... And I'm going to pinpoint the two losses. Gallo, Judge, Stanton. One for 20, three walks. One for 20, three walks. And don't even get me started on tallying up the left on bases. Like, runners left on base. Like, today, just the three of them, today, Sunday, left nine runners on base. Nine. And just today, the three of them, the two, three, and four batter, Gallo, Judge, and Stanton, in that order, struck out six times. You can't have that. You can't have that from the guys at the top, I guess we call it half, top half of your order there. We've got an Erica Herskowitz update coming your way. More of your call. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Danielle McCartan in the daytime here on The Fan, everybody. Happy Labor Day weekend. I want to know your name. Give me a call, 877-337-6666 on this weekend where the Yankees are absolutely thrashed by the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Mets. They're still alive. Hey, by the way, Erica Herskowitz on the updates, live, and Liguri with a live report. And Lori Rubinson coming on after me. Love it. Just love it. Hey, you know, yesterday we talked briefly about how the top three hated b- baseball teams this season in this order are the Dodgers. They are the most hated team in baseball, followed by the Yankees. They are the second most hated team in baseball. And the Astros are third? What? There's a site called betonline.ag. What it did was it compiled... 100,000 geotagged tweets for over a month. Means like based on location, you know? And I still can't wrap my mind around how the Dodgers and the Yankees are still ranked higher than the cheating Astros, which much of that core is still intact for that team. But there's a map. They produced a map, this website. And 
in our tri-state area, we'll keep it local, in our tri-state area, the most hated team in New York and New Jersey played a guessing game. Give you a second to think. The most hated team, based on the geotag tweets and posts and hashtags and all that, in the New York and New Jersey area is the Boston Red Sox. I think that was an easy one, right? Okay. The most hated team in Connecticut, based on geotags and hashtags and locations of tweets, is the Yankees. That is a big question mark for me. That, I, that can't be right. I know plenty of people that live in Connecticut that are Yankees fans. And I mean, the Yes Network is in Connecticut. And just for good measure, it's not a tri-state area team, but it's it's Pennsylvania, right next door, right? For New Jersey anyway. The most hated team in the state of Pennsylvania is the Mets. Phillies, that makes sense. Sometimes Pirates, that makes sense. But the Yankees are the most hated team in Connecticut? I don't know about that. I don't know. That was the biggest question mark I had. So maybe you might need a recount over there. BetOnline.ag. I don't know. Especially since the fact, let's not get away from this, that the Astros are still not the hated team in all baseball. The Dodgers and the Yankees are. I don't understand it. Help me make sense. All right, we'll go more to your calls. 877-337-6666. Anthony in Massapequa, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle, nice to talk to you. I listened to you a lot on the overnight. Oh, thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. All right. I just want to let you know I'm a 50-year-old guy. I've been a Yankee fan my, since uh, 1976, watching my dad and his friends jump around the living room when Chris Chambliss hit the home run against the Royals. <laughs> Uh-oh, and now I feel like you're going to drop the hammer on this team now. No, I'm not. Uh, it's actually frustrating listening. Like uh, It was a terrible weekend. I'm not, like, uh, halluc- I'm not hallucinating or anything. <laughs> it was a terrible weekend. But it was a three-game series against a terrible team, and we didn't play well. That's all it is. It's not the end of the season. It's not the end of the road. And if everybody notices, we started playing bad again when all the regulars came back we and the youth is gone again. Just talking about that. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to watch. It goes from stealing bases and hit and run, and, mm-hmm. and now it's station to station yep. waiting for the three-run homer. Yep. Uh, and w- another thing is Aroldis Chapman is terrible. I, I don't want him on the team anymore. Had enough. Seen enough from him, huh? Uh, enough. Th- enough. Yeah. Every time he comes in, it's he can't throw strikes. He's uh, You see he's throwing his breaking ball a lot more now because it's the only thing he can get over the plate. He's got no it's confidence in the fastball, yep. Uh, and this is going on way too long. He's had little periods like this over the past few seasons mm-hmm. where it's a week or two, but this has been ridiculous, and I think he's he he's the biggest reason. And the second one... I love him to death. I'm glad we gave him a, a nice contract. DJ LeMay, he was not playing the same baseball he used to. No. And I wonder if a little bit of a complacency has set in. I, I don't want to think a player like him would become complacent, you know, with the money in the deal. But I, I can't right. explain. It's inexplicable to me why he is not producing half as good as he was, you know, last season. Unbelievable. Uh, one last thing I'd like to say is I, I hear you just talk about Tyler Wade over Rugi. Yeah. Rugi brings... A joy we haven't seen since Nick Swisher, and a toughness we haven't seen since Tino Martinez. I like when he plays. He brings a fire that just isn't there now. Yeah, but but he's uh, well, he was again oh for whatever again tonight. That they they actually yeah. had a pinch hit Gio Urshela in for him. He's he was oh for two. Add that in, he's like four for thirty six. 
You can't have a guy like that in, the, in an order. That that's that's an automatic out at this point in time. I get it. And when you call time and hit a home run, it's pretty bad too. Well. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, of course, there, Anthony. Yeah, I, it just, I, I it just, when you look at these players on paper, like that's what you have to go with. I know you love Odor. You love what he brings to the team, but he can do it in the dugout too. He can bring that to, in the dugout too. Right now, Tyler Wade. Right now, Tyler Wade is the better player. He deserves to be playing third base in Gio Urshela's absence. What does that tell you when they're pinch hitting Gio Urshela, who's not yet ready to come and start a whole game? They're pinch hitting Gio Urshela in for Rugnet Odor. What does that tell you? And where was Tyler Wade in that situation? I mean, is his role moving forward going to be pinch runner? Which I'm sure he'd be fine with, but except for the fact that he is a better player right now than Rugden Odor and throughout the course of the 2021 season than Rugnet Odor. Sorry. I, I never thought I would die on a hill for, for Tyler Wade, but here we are. Simon in New Haven, Connecticut. You're up on the fan. Danielle, how are you doing? Good evening to you. Good evening First to time. you. First time I'm speaking to you. Can nice. I uh, make some comments about the Yankees, who we have to get rid of and what we have to do? Tell me. You are the GM, well, Simon. Go. Well, first of all, we have got to get rid of uh, the Forrest Gump player on this team, which is Brett Gardner. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of seeing him. He stinks. Yes. I mean, ground out, pop up, ground. I mean, how hard can it be to hit a ball? And secondly. Wait, Simon, let we, me stop you right there. I want to, uh, and I said this the other day, and it happened. That I was on my way home, and it happened, right? So I want to direct everybody's attention to this. And, and Simon, I'll let you finish. I always let you guys finish. So, Brett Gardner, when a ball is hit to the outfield, to, to Brett Gardner in the outfield, I want you as best as possible. I know the camera angles are kind of tough, but I want you to pay attention to, to the runners that are on base. They will advance. Every single time when the ball is hit to Brett Gardner. So whereas a a guy hits a single uh, and it's to Brett Gardner, he stretches it into a double. They're going first to third on Gardner. And that's stuff that does not show up in a box score. And that's just something I just want you to be aware of the next time Brett Gardner is in the field. Continue. I mean, I... I know he's a good offer, but but you, you see, we have a term for Brett Gardner. Uh, it's called uh, once a, being a once in a blue moon type hitter. That's that's a player who just gets hit when, when he feels like it. And we had three other people on the Yankees who stink: Nick Johnson, Chuck Knobloch, Doug McCavich, and Gardner's number four. And we also got to get rid of Boone. I'm sorry. Well, wait a second. That's not fair. But that's not fair to say throughout his career. This season and the past couple seasons, he's he's on the back nine. But you can't say it for his career. Come on. I know, but you know, but now about Boone, we got to get rid of him because Boone is just like Girardi, excuse after excuse after excuse. I mean, come on already. We got to get, we, we need a manager who gives criticism. Got to get Ozzie Guillen or Tony La Russa. I mean, I'm tired of, of, of Boone. Oh, it's just like Girardi. Oh, it sucks to lose. It sucks to lose. It's frustrating. I mean, you, you know what they should ask uh, Boone, Danielle, if I may be so bold? Two questions. Okay, the first question is, what is the obsession with grounding out and popping up all the time? And number two, is Boone the manager of a baseball team or is he the manager of a ping pong team? Well, Simon, we'll uh, we'll end it on that one. Um, The last I checked, he is listed as the manager of the New York Yankees baseball team. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know if that's breaking news there. Let's go Mike and Blauvelt. You're up next on the fan. Oh, hi, hi, Danielle. What's you up, made Mike? my night when you say that the Astros were a third haters team. That, that, you, you figured I'd, make, I'd be happy, right? <laughs> yes, uh, you, I know, yes. I, this, uh, okay. Which is crazy I to me. Th- I'm sorry? Which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I want to make a point about um, Derek Jeter, yes. if I may. Yes, I'm um, sitting here in a Derek Jeter jersey, yes. Yes, 
Derek Jeter, did you ever see the movie The Bad News Bears? Yes. Well, Derek Jeter made 56 errors. Do you remember the scene when Walter Matthau says to the kid, Hank Aaron, he made darn 52 errors. It's common knowledge. I don't, you remember that scene? Yeah, vaguely, yes. And that, 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 doesn't that remind you a little bit that Derek Jeter, he didn't quit. He persevered. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And also about the Yankees. I disagree with one of your callers who said just chalk it up as a bad weekend. No, they have two. They have to play Toronto and the Mets, two teams that are red hot right now. And what do you think of that? Mm. <laughs> this this could have the potential to be a, a disaster. These are two teams, Mike, that are that are hungry. Especially the Mets, they're on the cusp of a of a playoff berth. I mean, the emotions are going to be high. It's on, one of the games is on September 11th again out there in Queens. You know, it's it's just it's going to be an emotional weekend, emotional roller coaster. Um, this was a series that the Yankees needed to not just win, not just dominate, but sweep. And they came up short. They won the one. It took them eleven innings to win the one game against the Orioles. It took them eleven innings to beat the Orioles, and then they lost the next two games. This is a territory. A dangerous territory for the Yankees. And and not be yes, it is because they lost the Orioles. Yeah. But the trend that we saw, the difference in the Yankees post trade deadline acquisitions, you know, with bring the kids up, let the kids play. Velasquez, Wade in the field, you know, all those kids. When they came up, they were they were an excitable bunch. Heel, Louise Heel, I was I was there for the first game that, that he threw. I was a member of the media that day. And um, that excitement is gone. And it looks like this team is reverting back to the caller said before, station-to-station station ball, no more first and thirds. That is what's most troubling against this about this Yankees team right now. That's it. You drop a game here or there, that's why you play the game, right? But the fact of the matter is their bullpen is shot. Already, and yet they're going to be playing every day until September 22nd. They better start doing their rain dance, the Yankees. They better start doing their rain dance because they better hope for some rainouts from between now and then. They're not going to survive this stretch. This is a long, grueling stretch. It's something, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Curry in the pregame said something about Aaron Judge playing in, I don't remember if it was 25 consecutive games or 35 consecutive games, but I do remember he said that he's on pace. Aaron Judge is on pace to play 140-something games this season. That's, I mean, for a guy that's as injury-prone as Aaron Judge is, that's a little concerning, actually. And in this next, next stretch of games, how many can you really give your hottest hitter off? I know he hasn't been hot as of lately, so maybe this is a great time to give him off. Maybe today was a good time to give him off. Because you got the Blue Jays coming in. You can't sit him against the Mets, right? You can't do that. So when is the off day coming for a guy like Aaron Judge? I don't know. Artie in Rockland, you're up next on The Fan. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for taking my yeah, call. Yeah, thanks for making it. I've got a vent. I've got a vent. I was 20 rows behind the Yankee dugout at the game today. Mm-hmm. And I'm 71 years old. I've seen a lot of things. The Boone family, his grandfather, his father, they were old school guys. I was yelling and screaming from 20 rows behind the dugout when they brought in Andrew Heaney. And I'm yelling, why is he in the game? Why is he in the game? And then I kept saying, Boone, short leash. Boone, 
short leash. Did he answer you? Screaming. Artie, did he answer you? Screaming short. What? Did he answer you? No, he didn't answer, but he had to hear me, and he did He did the opposite. He gave him one of the longest leashes I've ever seen. I know. He didn't even have a guy warming up until there was bases loaded and nobody out. I can't. What is he doing? And then after he gave up three runs and then the next pitcher came in and gave up his fourth run, I was screaming for an inning or two out to the, to the dugout, we're the New York Yankees. Why do we have this guy on our team? Why is he on our roster? We're the New York Yankees. What is he doing on our team? And everybody was turning around saying, amen, amen. He had to have hear me, heard me. What is wrong with him? What was he thinking, Danielle, by having that guy pitch today? What, I, I what was he thinking? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer to that question. I, I was hoping he was going to answer you that question. <laughs> no, I wish. I, I listen. It's ridiculous what he did. He lost the game. We lost the game because of Boone's decision. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, and you know, there's this always this hypothetical question that goes around, like, well, how many games does that manager actually win or lose you? This was one. Well, this one he lost. This was one. And, and I wasn't second guessing Danielle. I was first guessing yeah. before the first batter. Yeah. Before the first batter, I was screaming to the boat to the dugout. Why is he in this game? He's terrible, Heaney. I don't know what the fascination is with this guy. I don't understand it. Artie, let me ask you. Did you boo at all today? Yes. No, I don't boo. I don't boo. I don't, I don't boo. I just, I just scream what I think is uh, smart, intelligent logic for, from, a, for a manager. He, how do you not at least put him on a short leash? I don't know. At least he gets two guys on. Get a guy warming up. Get him out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. You know this guy is a terrible, terrible pitcher. Yeah. Horrible. I'm surprised you didn't give up a home run. He's, he, he has the propensity so to do that. Yes, I do know that. Artie, great great call. Thanks for the call there. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you speaking to Aaron Boone on behalf of the Yankee fans. I do. Um, and the thing is about this whole Andrew Heaney thing, why would – great question. Why would you bring him in in that spot? Because now you got a kid. He's a kid who was brought in in a big spot against a crappy team. I almost just had to censor myself there. An awful team in the Baltimore Orioles. And he's brought in to, to, to succeed in this spot, and he doesn't. So what does that tell you the next time he's out there on the mound with, with such a long leash? Like you said, Artie, he's probably looking around like, when is someone going to come out here and save me, right? Pitching is, is, is an isolating thing. There's no one around you. The game of baseball, every position, there's no one around you. But especially, it's an island on that pitcher's mound. It's a game between your ears at that point. And now, the next time this kid goes out there, unless they option him, I haven't seen any moves with him yet. The next time he goes out there, I wonder, like, think of like a video game, like the the confidence meter. It's not going to be at 100%. It's not going to be at 90%. I think that kid's going out there with like a 50-50 confidence meter, like, here goes nothing. And that's dangerous to a team that's that's in, in the stretch here. So not did, not only did he not pitch well, he wasn't set up to succeed by his manager. That, I think, is going to have longer-term effects on not just him, but this team in general. And then I issued a challenge to you guys on Twitter and on Facebook the other day that I want to, because it was so great, I want to expand to my listenership right now. The challenge is to tell us all a scary New York sports story in just four words. You pick your team. doesn't matter which one. It has to be New York, though. Tell us a four-word scary story about it. And I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. Give me a call, 
66. The Fan is your station. We want to hear from you. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. dark now? I don't know what we're calling this, but I am Daniel McCartan, and I am with you playing therapist for all of you Yankee fans out there. Mets fans, you haven't called in much, but that's okay. I just challenge you guys to give me a four-word, only four words, scary New York sports story, and the tweets started coming in again. So I'm going to take notes on your suggestions, the ones that you guys give me on the phones here. Best ones, I'll put them in my notes on my phone, and then we'll uh, post them out to you guys on uh, Facebook and Twitter after the show. I'll give you your name in town, too, on there. So it'll be yours. You can own it. But I, I got some great responses from you guys already. And the other day, I'd love to hear yours on the phone. And, and the rest of the, the listening audience, wherever they may be, would love to hear it as well. So give us a phone call, 877-337-6666. Give your information to Paul Rosenberg. And I'm going to give you mine for our baseball and our football teams, right? So for the Yankees, I had scary sports story, New York sports story in four words. Mine was Chapman in the ninth. Scary sports story, New York sports story, in four words or less for the Mets. Cohen spends like Wilpon. And then for the Jets, I want not get confused here. Jones. I'm Mac Jones is what I mean. This is for the Jets. Mac Jones, okay? But but Mac is the fifth word. Sorry, I cut that out. So Jones is Brady reincarnated. Because Brady had such a, a vice grip on the on on their division for how the, my lifetime basically, that if Mac Jones is Tom Brady reincarnated, trouble for the Jets. Okay, scary New York sports story in four words or less for the Giants. Daniel Jones isn't it? Ooh, that would be scary. That would be scary. Okay, I got some uh, uh, tweets coming in already. Uh, Michael Negri says. Boone given lifetime contract. Oh, no. Based on you guys, you want him gone tonight. Uh, K At KPitcher30 says, popped up to Castillo, dot, dot, dot. Yikes. Yikes. Colin Brown, 92, says, Jones red zone interception. Got a few more coming in here. I think that's a cool topic. So, anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Let me know yours. 877-337-6666. Again, four words only. Those are the directions. It has to do with New York sports. I got some irrelevant comments on, on Facebook about um, politics. You guys know that that this is solely, strictly a stick-to-sports show, that those were just actually deleted. And on Twitter, I wish I could delete them, but I can't, so I just ignored them. So anything off-topic, I'm saying that is. So your forward New York sports story given to me. Let's go Bill in Plainville. Plainview, sorry. You're up next on the fan. Hi, how are you? What's up? Bill, did you uh, want to start off with uh, a story or you just want to make your point? Uh, I want to make a point. Okay. I don't have a story. I was at the game when Reggie had three home runs. I've been a Yankee fan a long, long time. So Bill Mazeroski destroyed them. <laughs> but anyway, my point is there's no Mariano Rivera. That's a big thing. You think about that. There's a lot of games that we would have won that we lost. We didn't have a closer. Mm-hmm. The other thing is our number one hitter was hitting 100 points higher last year. And the rest of the team is hitting 212, 214, 210, 
I mean, where do they get these guys from? I mean, the Rays don't have guys like this. And why do we have guys that hit under 250? I would get rid of all of them. Really would. I would start over. Wow. You don't hit over 250. You don't hit over 250. You don't contribute. You don't hit a lot of RBIs. You're gone. Get rid of them. Because what kind of team is this? I mean, they can't move on the roads from first base. They can't move a guy from second to third. The guy gets on third. Half the time, he's dead over there. Mm -hmm. I'm watching a team that's lifeless. They got 13 in a row. I thought they got something going. But when I see the last two games, uh, I don't know. I just, where's Mariano Rivera? Where is he? Mariano Rivera. We've got a, a, a bat signal out here in lower Manhattan for Mariano Rivera. Mariano, if you're out there. Go ahead and put the jersey back on. Number 42. I know they retired it. They can unretire it for you. Come back out there. And uh, he's burnt. He's going to burn down the Bronx. He doesn't want anybody on this team anymore. Throw them all out the damn window, everybody. Referencing the Rays. Uh, I'm looking. Mike Zanino has got the lowest. I know there's more to batting average, but he's got the lowest batting average on the team at 204. They don't have anybody hitting 300. And last I checked, uh, well, before this little skid, Aaron Judge was hitting 300. I don't know, but whatever. It, it, that doesn't matter. What what you the point you made was good. The point of the matter is that the the Rays can move batters, base runners over. They don't rely on the long ball, and that is the most frustrating part. I think if you're a Met fan, I mean, if if you're a Yankee fan in this whole entire series versus the Orioles. It's like, let's hang back. Let's go station to station. Let's wait for Gary Sanchez to hit two home runs, one of which was a grand slam, and maybe we can win. And maybe if Andrew Heaney didn't come in and absolutely implode in the seventh inning, they would have won. Today, yeah, that is. But yes, again, this goes back to February, January, when we were talking about the, the fundamental construction of this team was wrong. This is not a team that that overall goes first to third, home to second, takes risks, risks on the base paths. And you'd have to think that the, the guys that they brought up, the Velasquez's of the world, they injected a little energy into the team. They were a big part. Greg Allen's of the world. They were a big part about why these Yankees were so successful in that win streak, that long win streak, almost, we'll call it what it is, the historic win streak that the Yankees were just on this season. They were a big part of it. No, they don't need Mariano or come out of retirement, although he's probably better than Chapman. I know that was facetious, but I don't know. And, And the other thing was, we talked about it in January, the big question mark then, it is now, even more so now, who is the closer on this team? You see, it rolled as Chapman. When I was at the Yankee game, I sat in the dugout with Matt Blake, and we talked how long, three weeks ago at this point, that a rolled as Chapman, and now I'm really paraphrasing, but it's on demand, at WFN on demand. You can watch it. I mean, uh, it wasn't video, it was, it was just audio with him. But we talked about how a rolled as Chapman has lost confidence in his fastball. You're seeing breaking pitch after breaking pitch after slider, this, not in the dirt. Gary Sanchez can't get in front of it. You know what I'm saying? Earl Chapman is an overpowering pitcher. He needs to get back to being that. And only then. And mixing in that that splitter now, too, Mariano-esque, right? Only then, when he has a, a three-pitch arsenal, is he at his best. It's been a while. John in Bayonne, you're up next on the fan. Danielle, we got to put Mariano Rivera 
behind us because, quote, unquote, there'll never be a Mariana. Never again in, in the sport will there be another Mariana. Right. But here's the problem. And I call him this. I call him baboon because he does not know how to manage. Yes. We are. We should have hired Girardi because Girardi knew how to manage because he learned from Tory. OK. And Tory learned from Zimmer. OK. You manage the way you manage. You don't put a lefty against righty batters. Five batters in a row. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Heaney, Hyeni, I call him because he's a joke. You have him in the game. And I said this to my friend today. Yankees got the game, but if they put Heaney in the game, they're going to lose. Guess what happened? They put Heaney in the game. And, and he lost. lost. Now, you got Gill in the minus. Why do you have this kid up here? Yeah. He's lightning. He's a righty. He's thunder. And you bring up Brooke, Kishma, whatever his name is, and he didn't pitch. Chris, I mean, Brooke, come Brooke, on. Chris. Let's go to – you know what you got to get away from? Get away from this analytics. That a, a computer does not hit a baseball. A computer doesn't throw a baseball. Let's go back to baseball. Computers do not run baseball. Human uh, beings throw the ball, okay? Get away from this analytics. That's Tampa Bay. Let them play with that, okay? We're the Yankees. We hit the ball. We catch the ball. We throw the ball, and we have the best bullpen. Well, I don't know what year you're in because right now the Yankees' bullpen is not the best. <laughs> um, you're right. Uh, computers can't throw and hit balls, but they're really good predictors of when that's going to happen and when it's not going to happen. But I, I understand the point. Get away from the computers. Get away from the analytics. It's just I, I do support the marriage of the both of them. Like when I listen to David Cohn call a game, I feel like I'm listening to a manager. Honestly, like that guy could be a manager on any team any day. Listen to him. He has the gut feeling, but he also includes the numbers and the computers to back it up. Aaron Boone is not that. He's he he is a computer data applicator is what he is. And Joe Girardi was not that. And that's why Joe Girardi was shown the door. That's the reason why. He did not. He went against the grain. Don't you understand? He went against the grain. He managed from his gut and not the binder in front of him. I mean, Aaron Boone can't even give a press conference without looking at the notes that he's written down in the binder that, that, that are probably handed to him when he walks out of the, the dugout. So to make in-game decisions... Oh my God! I don't. I don't even think that's possible. I don't think he's even given the the ability to do that because it's all predetermined. And, that, and told that's what happened today. Chad Green was the closer today. He should have been in in the seventh inning because that could have changed the entire complexion of the game. You got Chad Green in the seventh and the eighth instead of Andrew Heaney and, and the disaster that he was. Right? That game was over in the seventh inning today. You got Chad Green in there. He could at least give you some hope stave off the Orioles maybe potentially a little bit and then get the Yankee bats going and you never know what happens. But Andrew Heaney came in in a total confidence-depleting instance. From this point forward, this kid is ruined. There, If he comes out there and, and does well the next time he's out there or the next time after that that he's out there, if there are those times, I would be absolutely shocked. Shocked. Josh in Westfield, you're up next on the fan. Hey, Coach, I'm a big fan of your show. Thanks, Josh. Um, I've got a an old scary story from the Yankees. Oh, tell uh, me. Kevin Brown, Game Seven are my four words. Kevin stories. Brown, um, Game Seven. 
Yeah, that was not a good good outcome. Um, I wanted to just bring up a couple things. There, there was the stolen bases, the lack of stolen bases, the station to station play. Mm-hmm. That's returned to the Yankees, and I really think that's just the way the Cashman uh, wants the team. Yes, and once he got his guys back, he sent down you know, the order to, we don't play that kind of baseball anymore. We don't steal bases because it takes the bat out of the home run hitters. Yes. And they just want to stand there and wait for the home run. And that's the way he constructs the team. That's the way he wants it. And it's disgraceful to watch. And he doesn't care about the fans. That's just the way he wants to build the team. And it's, it's sad. One other thing, mm-hmm. uh, Loisaga, I think they overused him. That's opposite. That's exactly what happened. Yes. Yeah. Back to back innings over and over and over and over again. They went to him. He did great. Mm-hmm. And now we're in real trouble. Well, think about it. So, why, why did they keep going to him? Because he was the best arm in their bullpen. Right. And then right. now what happened? It's gone. But he, he's only pitched 30 innings a year for a few years. Yep. He's injury prone in the past. And now you got 60 plus innings on him and you keep doing it back to back to back. Yep. They didn't have to do that. They could have done one inning at a time and tried to go and keep him healthy. But now they're in trouble. Now they're in big, big trouble. trouble. Yeah. Big yep. trouble. Yeah, Josh. Good point there. And And yes. Loisga has history. He, I mean, he missed, um, maybe I'm mixing up the years, but 2018, he missed a month with shoulder problems. 2019, he missed three months with shoulder problems. And here he is again with shoulder problems because of overuse. And the Yankees barely or, or, or did not address it at the trade deadline. The relief pitching situation. It's just it's just terrible. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. Let's go. Nelson and Queens, you're up next on the fan. How you doing? You want to hear a scary four words? Tell me. Now, now pitching Andrew Heaney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right, but, I'm um, writing it down. Now pitching Andrew Heaney. You got it. Yeah, but my point I wanted to make, yeah. uh, you know, it goes to show how much Cashman really built a flawed team because this team is at its best when it has, you know, the – the young kids come up from AAA. They almost seem unbeatable. I have no doubt in my mind that AAA Yankee squad would have probably swept the Orioles this weekend. And it's the same. And you and you see the way they manage. Like the other day, they bring in Voight. Uh, I think it was like man on second and first. And he hits a double play. Mm-hmm. Why not let Tyler Wade take the swing? You know, he's fast. It's hard to double him up. You know, stuff like that is why the Yankees been losing, in my opinion. Yeah, and and you know what else too? Bringing up those Nelson, thanks for the call there. Good point. Bringing up those guys, they're 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 athletic, right? You got Greg Allen and uh, and Velasquez. They they are they are athletic. Things that a guy like Luke Voigt, he's just not. He's just not. He, he's an athlete. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to beat out an infield a hit. Brett Gardner used to be able to. I don't know if he can anymore. But those are the kind of momentum-changing instances in games, you know, where, hey, Brandon Nimmo beat out an infield hit, and then he ends up scoring from first. So, like, that, that is, is, I don't know, that's what I think people are, are most frustrated with, the fact that this philosophy of this team has changed over this past, I don't know, weekend. And people are not happy, and they're upset about the way in which this team is going to go moving forward. About the the unsureness. I don't know what the the, the correct part of speech is for that, but the 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 uncertainty. 
of this team moving forward, the, the uncertainty of the identity of this team moving forward. And I have a question for you guys, too. And obviously, we're going to take your calls at 877-337-6666. We're talking about Brian Cashman again and Aaron Boone again. But can everyone, can we all be on the same page that the Zach Scott experiment is finally over? I mean, Sandy Alderson, I'm really asking you. I can't believe that. I don't know. What was it, a, a month ago? Sandy Alderson wanted the title acting removed from Zach Scott's name. Come on. The guy's a dead man walking as far as I'm concerned. But should the Mets clean house entirely this offseason? We'll get your calls and, of course, what I think about this coming up after the break. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Baby, bet, hey, cover X, hey, cover Grammys on you. Danielle in the daytime now that it's 8 46 p.m. I'm playing the role of therapist for those Yankee fans out there this is a good song this is a fire song Paul Rosenberg love it yeah cool welcome back everybody 877-337-6666 is the phone number you guys on Twitter are having a whole different discussion with you guys on the commercials and everything. You're giving me your scary New York sports stories in four words. Keep them coming. I'm retweeting the best ones. I got another one here from Richie Rich Live One. He says, Edwin Diaz, ninth inning. Yikes. Yup. Yup. And okay, we've been talking a lot about the Yankees and, and Cashman and, and everything, and we can go back to them really quickly, but I just wanted to make this point with you guys here tonight. If you believe in putting things out into the universe – if you're unhappy with the direction that the Mets are going and have gone, put this into the universe. The Mets need to clean house this off season. Say it with me. It's such a shame that a DUI, DWI, I don't know the difference, never had one in my life, had to bury Zach Scott. A GM that Sandy Alderson wanted the word acting removed from his title as recently as, what, two weeks ago? For that reason, in my eyes, they are a package deal. They both need to be gone. As they say, listen to me, three strikes, you're out in the old ball game. Strike one on, on Zach Scott. The wheels started to come off the season at the trade deadline. Zach Scott admitted in the booth on SNY on live TV that he knew of DeGrom's condition, and he used the word, the phrase, hours before the trade deadline and did nothing about acquiring another starting pitcher for a team that was, at the time, in first place, whose goal it was was to win the division at the time. And that, in and of itself, is a fireball offense. In my eyes, I said it then, and I'll reiterate it now. Strike two, handing Francisco Lindor basically a lifetime blank check to play shortstop for the New York Mets. That's on Zach Scott. And I said it then, and I'll reiterate it now. A 10-year deal for a middle infielder who, at the end of the deal, is going to be 37 years old is general management malpractice. I called it a fireball offense. Never mind that the fact that it was A, worth $341 million, and B, doled out before the player even laced his cleats up in New York City. Everyone knows New York City is a special place to play. Ask Sonny Gray. Ask A.J. Burnett. Do we have to go on with this list? Is Francisco Lindor part of that list yet? Will he ultimately be if not? Strike three, Javier Baez. I said it then and I'll reiterate it now. Zach Scott picked the wrong cub. 
He showed up at the Chicago Cubs fire sale, hands rubbing together, and he stood there and he picked the guy that was the wrong fit for this team. Why? Because his star player told him to. Chris Bryant was the guy, at least on my show, in the lead-up to the trade deadline. I actually thought it was a foregone conclusion that Chris Bryant was going to be playing his home game in Queens. Zach Scott must, must not have been listening. Strike three, you're out, Zach Scott. And because through all of this, this tone-deaf Sandy Alderson co-sat there and co-signed it all and even still wanted, up until recently, that title of acting removed from Zach Scott's name? He's out, too. That's an easy call for me, for any umpire out there. Clean house, done deal. And it's such a shame in the year 2021 where Ubers and Lyfts and black sedans, for crying out loud, are readily available from your phone that it took a DWI after a team function at the Steve Cohen household to hopefully seal the deal for Zach Scott's future in New York. It's quite inexplicable. Luckily, thank God, no one was injured, no one was hurt, and no one was killed based on his poor decision-making process both in the front office, at the ballpark, and away from it too. Clean house, Mets. And as far as the Yankees, well, we'll see what you guys think. 877-337-6666. By the way, in the studio here, I've got on a very, what was supposed to be compelling game. San Francisco Giants and the LA Dodgers. And you've got the Giants beating the Dodgers 6-1 to in the fifth. Wow. That's why you play the game, everybody. Those are two juggernaut teams. It's a shame that that won't be the World Series. Obviously, they're both in the NL. Let's go Ted in Washington, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Yes. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Thanks for making I, it. Somebody read, I read somewhere that the reason why the Devil Rays win is because they, pay, they play all 25 people on the team. The Yankees were doing that for a while, but then... Aaron was told not to do that, and he stopped doing that. And when he does his press conferences, he, he sounds the same way he does where they win, they lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is at one tone. But, you know, if the Yankees didn't have Cole and they didn't have Aaron Judge and they didn't have Rizzo, their three best players, they, they, they would be in last place. I mean, this team is going nowhere. What bothers me the most is they took the shortstop out. When they were winning the 13 games, they had a real legitimate shortstop. And then they put that stiff back in there. They think he's Babe Ruth when he hits, and he, the guy's totally lost his confidence. He's not the same player. Mm-hmm. They got to get that guy off shortstop. He needs. He's just. It's. It breaks my heart that I can't see the real shortstop of the team out there. What well, do you think? Yeah, yeah, Ted, I'm with you on that for sure. I mean, he's. He, I know he came up as a shortstop, but he he is not a major league shortstop. He is a major league second baseman. He is. And when they doled out the contract to DJ Lemayhew, and I know he can play multiple positions, DJ Lemayhew is your second baseman. They were hoping that the Glaber Torres at shortstop experiment was going to work. In the He has improved. I will give him that. He has improved. I'm sure you've seen it too. But he started to, his, his offensive numbers started to, to downturn because he was just lost in the field. And it happens. You're seeing it the other way with Giancarlo Stanton, right? He's back in the field and his numbers have gone up. So Glaber Torres is not a shortstop. He's got, but the thing is, he's he's a cheap player. He's got many years of control left on his deal. I think it's three, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, two or three years left of team control on his deal. Uh, you know, arbitration at the end of the season, and he's not going anywhere. And they are trying so hard to make him work as a shortstop. 
he, Glaber Torres is a gap-to-gap hitter. That's what he is. And as soon, as fast as he can realize that that's what he is, instead of like this guy that's just going to load up and launch balls into the stratosphere, the better. He's not, it's a confident thing, sure, but it's more of like a, an identity thing. Like he doesn't know who he is as a hitter. And that one season where he hit the, the those dozens of home runs, that's the outlier in the data. That's not who he is. And the faster he and the Yankees can realize that, the better. Tom, in Staten Island, you're up next on The Fan. Yeah, hi, Danielle. How are you? What's up, Tom? Uh, DeGrom never comes back. <gasps> oh, man. That's your, that, that's your forward Met horror story? Yes, it is. Oh my God, that would be terrible. I'm writing that down too. I got. I'm making a note of all you guys that are calling me on the phone. Yeah. Do you think he's going to come back this season? No. Yeah, I think um, it's done too. It's, yep. I don't think he should either. I don't think he should. I, I think they should. I mean, if they get in the running, they get in the running, but not because of him. Right, Tom. I'm with you on that. I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it either. But here. I, but go ahead. But hope. Hope. Hopes, forward hopes for Mets fans. Yeah. You know, Epstein is coming. You would think. You would hope. Yes, that's a good word there. Um, Here's the thing on Jacob DeGrom. I would bring him back, whether or not the Mets are in it. Because you know what? I don't want to wait until February to figure out he needs surgery, God forbid, I don't want to wait. I want to know now. I want to know in the month of September, if Jacob or, or October, maybe it's that last series. I want to know what Jacob DeGrom is, where he's at, and then move accordingly from there. Because if, if he's going to need surgery, wouldn't you rather have it done in October rather than February? Wouldn't you? That's why I would bring him back for a start or two, whether or not the Mets are in it. And right now, the Mets are in it. Believe it or not, looking at the standings, let me hit refresh just to make sure they are the most updated possible standings. The Mets are, let's see, three and a half games back in the NL East. And in the wild card, believe it or not, the Mets are four games back in the wild card. They're in the thick of it. They're not out of it yet. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, Alexa, play WFAN. Paul Rosenberg killing it on the ones and twos tonight. we got to wait for this beat drop, everybody. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fans till 10 p.m. He's Paul Rosenberg taking your phone calls, and here we go! There we go. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the final hour, the home stretch of the show. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. My mom sent me a picture of her dog on the couch who does not look like she's enjoying the show. I hope that is not... Indicative of the wider listening audience. <laughs> Although it could be in- indicative of, of the mood of the Yankee fans right now. Losing two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles, who are the literally the worst team in the league. And the Yankees barely, barely avoided being swept by them. And I say barely because the one win that the Yankees had, it took them 11 innings to get there. Yes, it is a miserable weekend to be a Yankee fan on this Labor Day weekend. 
I was hoping to use the term this Glaber Day weekend tonight, but he didn't do much either. The Yankees didn't do much. I mean, especially they are their two, three, and four batters. In the two losses, one for 20, three walks. I'm looking at you, Aaron Judge, you, Joey Gallo, and you, John Carlos Stanton. And uh, Joey Gallo has no business being in the, in the number two hole. Not right now, that is. Drop him. Clearly, it, it, it needed to be done, I don't even know, days ago. I don't know why his name seems to be sharpied there still. The lineup tomorrow, I expect Joey Gallo to be batting. I would move him to like sixth. Gallo, six. He's not there. You're going to see a tweet from me tomorrow. The Yankee team this weekend has brought back some, I don't want to say fears, but brought back some deep-rooted issues that people have with this team. The fact that they are no longer stealing bases which is what got them to part of that 13-game winning streak, the historic 13-game winning streak. They are no longer stealing bases. They are station-to-station running, expecting the home run. And and it's such a shame that lost in all of this were Gary Sanchez's two home runs, one of which was a grand slam to the second deck in left field. Like, we aren't even talking about that because of all this other crap that's going on with this team. How about uh, Andrew Heaney? Really... I mean, why was he brought in in the seventh inning to begin with in such a high-leverage situation? That was a a total mismanagement job there from Aaron Boone on up because you know it's just not his call. You know it's just not him making that call. It's just, it was like a comedy of errors, and then the Yankees, you know, play matched the weather, unfortunately, today. And then whereas you go down to Washington, D.C., down the turnpike, down 95, and the Mets, surprisingly... Maybe not so surprisingly, but they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. It was a wild one in D.C., but the Mets ended up beating the Nationals on a Kevin Pillar Grand Slam. And the, did you see the guy? He made such a great catch. The, the Met fan in a Jose Reyes jersey leaned over and caught it with his bare hands. Awesome. It, it looked like he had his nails in like the uh, the red stitching, and he was just able to pull it right back up. Awesome catch by him. But the Mets are beating the teams that they're supposed to be beating, and the Yankees are not. And trending on Twitter right now, trending in baseball, Cashman, go figure. And it's just a shame that Andrew Heaney was put in that position because it's going to destroy him moving forward for this season anyway. His confidence, it's a total confidence killer. Chad Green was the option there. And Aaron Boone stuck to the script, put Chad Green into to, to finish out the game, the game that was clearly already over. It was done. That game was over. Bottom of the ninth, you got Judge, Stanton, and Rizzo coming up. Okay. Tyler Wells, by the way, who pitched for the Orioles in, the, in that ninth inning, Tyler Wells went for his first major league save against the heart of the Yankees order and got it. Judge flied out to right field. Stanton popped up to second base. Rizzo flied out to left field. Bing, bang, boom. Tyler Wells gets his first save ever in his career. What a story that's going to be for him one day. And we can't overlook the Corey Kluber experiment that's going on in the Bronx. All right, we'll take more of your calls. 877-337-6666. Dave in Bensonhurst, you're up on the fan. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? Good, how are you, Dave? Good. First, I just want to start by uh, 
saying I wish Mr. Eskin would uh, put you on more often and like during the day so more people can hear you more often because you know it would be a great thing because you bring a lot to the table and you need to be heard. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. Okay, so now I want to like I'm a diehard Mets fan my entire life. You know, all my Mets fans they're in the clouds right now. All we're gonna do we're not doing anything, and I'm gonna tell you why because. The, the the rest of the schedule, we got the Yankees, the Cardinals, the Phillies, the Red Sox, the Brewers, and the Braves. So, first of all, we're not scoring nine runs against those teams yes. to begin with, to, to blow the nine-run lead there. <laughs> and and the, our starting pitching is an atrocity. So, I, I don't even know why any – listen, like you said, you said it perfectly. We're beating the teams we're supposed to beat. It's going to it's gonna be like a flip of the switch. I'm telling you, I hate – I hope I'm wrong, but yeah. we're not going to be able to – you know, we're not going to have to worry about blowing the nine-run lead. These teams are going to blow us out. We're not oh. going to hit their pitches. Yeah, I'm looking at strength of schedule on Tankathon. I love this website. And it looks like the Mets have the 11th toughest strength of schedule remaining in the league. Yeah. It's going to get ugly. I really believe that. And I, I hope I'm wrong. But And you're 100% right. I, I believe that um, Sandy and uh, Scott were gone even before the DUI because of uh, – think about Sandy's also the one that hired Callaway back in the day. Yep. He hired Jared Porter. Yep. All this stuff is under his watch, even though the first one was from his pre, you know, prior tour of duty. But I think I think he's going to clean house. And you're right. I remember hearing that a month ago that Cohen said that uh, Alderson wanted to take the interim to or the acting yeah. you know, tag off of Scott, and he said absolutely not. So he knew he knew his time was up right then and there too. So. Yeah, and I'm looking, and 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 Dave, thanks for the call there. I'm looking at the the teams that are ahead of the Mets theoretically, right? Philadelphia. So I'm looking at like uh, Atlanta has the one, two, three, four, fifth easiest strength of schedule remaining. Cincinnati has the easiest schedule, and the Phillies have the second easiest schedule remaining. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again now. The song I should play for the Mets the next time I'm on is Miley Cyrus, "The Climb." It's going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes you're going to have to lose. I'm going to save that for this upcoming weekend. By the way, Saturday, September 11th, I'll be here from 1 to 4 p.m. Just so you can set your calendars now, everybody. 1 to 4 p.m. on Saturday, September 11th. Lillian in Manhattan, you're up next on The Fan. Hi. I wanted to let you know that I just wrote my four-letter horror story. Tell me what it is. Okay. DiMaggio, Mantle, Jeter, Forgotten. Uh, oh no! That's a horror story, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm writing it down. Hold on, Dimaggio, okay. <laughs> Mantle. I'm going to tweet this out. You know, I added you to the list here, Lillian. Dimaggio, Thanks. Mantle, Jeter, Forgotten. Yeah, got it. Thanks, Lillian. Appreciate that. Good one. Thank you. Bye. Can't imagine that. I can't imagine that would never. I hope. I don't want to say never. I, I never like to speak in in absolutes, but I would never hope that Dimaggio, Mantle, and Jeter. Are ever forgotten and their numbers are enshrined and, and that's a great segue because i am wearing a road gray authentic Derek jeter uh let me see 2008 final season jersey right now 2008 final season still fits believe it or not i did want to talk a little bit about Derek jeter going into the hall of fame too because this is probably you know the last chance we're gonna get to talk about that okay before it happens you know all right so let's go jack you know in the order that you guys called always jack are you really in Israel? I is. Wow. Um, I am. Yeah, and I could tell you something. First of all, thanks for Mazel Tov for taking my call. 
Well, thanks for um, thanks for making it all the way across the world. Yeah, I can tell you something. I, I'm a real Yankee fan because the games usually by me are two o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. So I I'm following from two o'clock in the morning over here, and I can tell you, I know the New York fans are frustrated and they know how to boo very well, but when you're getting up at two o'clock in the morning to listen to the game and and you see that one of the best quote unquote one of the best lineups in baseball doing uh, not the job they're supposed to do, it's, it's a little frustrating. A little. How about so, get, how about not getting their first hit to the seventh inning the other night? I mean, a little. That, yeah. That's unheard of. I'll tell you I'll tell you another thing. Even a 13-game winning streak, a lot of them were nail-biters. Ah, I have to go back and look at the scores, yeah. A lot. Okay, but I'll tell, I'll tell you this. What do you, what do you think it is? Because I, I really think it's the Yankee lineup. Because you see up and down lineup, one, two, three innings. And they're just not doing their job? Or do you think it's uh, injuries, bullpen? Well, what's your opinion on this? Yeah, Jack, great call. I think it's lying. Yeah, thanks for, and thanks for calling in from across the world, Jack. I really appreciate that. Um, I think that the Yankees' problem right now is um, a bunch of everything. It's just a little bit of everything, which is why it's so hard to kind of just nail it down and say, that's it. Um, I guess prioritization order, when you look at it, uh, I would say bullpen is the biggest concern. But that also goes hand-in-hand with starting pitchers unable to go deep into games. Because if you can't go deep into games, then you need your bullpen. And then when your bullpen gets overworked, you have guys like Jonathan the Wiseguy, the best arm out of that bullpen, going on the 10-day IL. So that is like a hand-in-hand sort of problem. And then you can't win games if you can't score runs. And I know the Yankees scored seven runs and still lost, which is a frustrating thing. Talk about frustrations. But I don't know. See, because but they, they scored seven runs and still lost because of their bullpen. So you're seeing this is all like interconnected. So there's not one thing that I could say, that's it. Because it's it's more difficult than that. I, I hope I'm making sense. I hope that's it. Let's go Stephanie in Westchester. You're up next on The Fan. Yes. Hi, Danielle. I love your show. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'll tell you, this team is giving me whiplash. I love the Yankees, but this year, my goodness, yeah. it's like a roller coaster ride. Well, which, we knew know, that was going to be. I hope you're buckled in. Yeah, I am. I am. I <laughs> certainly am. I'm enjoying it, but it's so frustrating. Um, I have my four words, tell four scary words. Yes. That was the plan. A quote from Aaron Boone when he's asked, why did you leave so-and-so in so long? Mm-hmm. That was, can, can I change that to, that was the script? Sure, whatever you want. Yeah. That was, <laughs> but, I mean, I remember yep. him saying that in the playoff series against Boston in 2018 when he left Severino in too long mm-hmm. and he left Fifi in too long on successive nights, which cost us the series. And when he was asked afterwards, why didn't you take them out earlier? They obviously didn't have it. He said that was the plan, to let them go six innings and then go to the bullpen. Mm -hmm. And what concerns me is that he seems incapable or unwilling to change the plan 
midstream yes. if he sees it's not going well. It's like the plan is written in stone. Yes. Is he really that inflexible? It's mind-boggling given his pedigree and the fact that he played the game. Yes, yes. And you know what? I did, because it was a direct quote, I did change it back to plan, by the way, not not a script. But yes, Stephanie, I'm, I, it's, it's a great point. I don't know because he hasn't shown you that he has been able to change the script and flip the script. I mean, for Christ's sake, Joey Gallo is still batting second and he's batting 198 on the season right now. On right. the season. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, like today, you, the example you gave where it was it was predetermined mm-hmm. that Chad Green was going to go in in a certain inning, yep. even though they needed him before that, yep. it didn't matter. So uh, I, I, this is very disturbing. It's very concerning, and it doesn't seem to me like he's learned anything since 2018 when he, when he did that. Yep. Um, you know, um, I thought that he would learn, you know, it was only his uh, his first year. And uh, he hasn't learned. And and you bring up a good point there, Stephanie. Good and thanks for that. Um, that he played the game. Like I love managers, coaches that have played the game. It's a different feeling. I, I always go back to this. If if you played baseball, you played softball. I mean, I could only speak to softball. Well, I actually played baseball. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is when I coach softball, I coach as if I play it. So like. How do I say it? Like when when there's one of my base runners is is now on third base and I'm in the third base coaching box, I tell them this: pass balls. You know, if it scoots to our side, you're staying where you are. If it scoots to the other side of the dugout, you know what I'm saying, the other side of the plate. If it goes that way, I'm gonna leave it up to you to decide that. You know, make sure it goes far enough. But and I always tell them this: this is my line. I said, you know the feeling. You know the feeling. And they say, yes, as a base runner, like, you know, that feeling like, yes, I can make it. No, I'm not going to make it no matter how far the ball is from the catcher. You know what I'm saying? So when the, when the runners, I go through it every single time a runner gets to third base. If you think you got it and you have the feeling you go and they're, they look at me, they know what I'm talking about. And maybe you guys are shaking your heads right now. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to parlay this back into Yankee pitching because these pitchers know that they can go deeper into games. Jamison Tyone said it. I mean, there have been instances after instances where these players are frustrated that they're yanked early. I think the quote I, I had before, and I don't, I, I wish I had the date on this because I didn't put a date on this, but this was a direct quote from maybe, I don't know, two or three weeks ago from Jamison Tyone. He said, I felt like I could have pitched into the eighth. To go five and a third is a bit frustrating. That's what we're talking about here, everybody. Aaron Boone yanks these guys who know that they could pitch longer, who have that feeling. They have the feeling. And he yanks them too early and then goes to the bullpen and then is surprised when when their best bullpen arm, Jonathan Lewisica, has to go to the I.L. And now the Yankees are in real trouble because their next day off isn't until, let me scroll down and look, September 6th, to the 22nd of September. They have the 23rd off, and then it's 24, 25, 26. I mean, it's just the grueling stretch to the end. Are they going to come out on top of it? Well, I guess it's going to have to start with these pitchers going deeper into games. And I don't even know if that's possible because, like Stephanie said, it doesn't go according to the predetermined plan. So as you guys know, Derek Jeter about to be enshrined in Cooperstown on Wednesday. I was there at his last game. I, my friend at work, I found out she was at the game too. It was cool. We kind of bonded over that. Do you guys have a message for Derek Jeter? What is your favorite 
Derek Jeter memory. 877-337-6666. We can talk more about the disastrous Yankees Labor Day weekend and the Mets. If I had to use the, an emoji to describe the Mets, I would use that like that piece of paper with the red line pointing up. The Mets are trending up right now, and the Yankees are, are the, the blue one trending down. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan until 10 p.m., when Lori Rubinson comes your way. Your official station to talk Brooklyn Nets. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. And the Yankees had a 13-game win streak. (laughs) I'm going to freestyle this here. It seems long ago, doesn't it? Yankees dropped two of three to lowly Orioles. Luckily, it wasn't a complete sweep. Honestly, they won the one game in, in 11 innings. He took him to beat the Orioles. My God. But let, let's let's go back a little bit memory lane, and we'll take your calls, obviously, 877-337-6666. I did want to bring this up because as I sit here in my authentic road gray 2008 Derek Jeter jersey, I think about how when I went to my first game ever, at Yankee Stadium. I had to look this up. June of 1997. I just turned nine years old. Nine years old. Derek Jeter was there as the 22-year-old shortstop in the New York Yankees. I was also there 17 years later for his last game on September 25th, 2014. I actually had 20 of my close friends and family there with me. And uh, a lot had changed for me, I know, in those 17 years, as you can imagine, from being a fourth grader to having just finished my second master's degree. But the shortstop of the New York Yankees had never changed. Number two, Derek Jeter. Number two. He was still there. That last game, that one last inside-out walk-off, that is my favorite Yankee memory. Fair Derek Jeter memory as well. So I really do think that that Derek Jeter, like a David Wright, like that even a non-Yankee fan can appreciate. You know, like I don't know, like if you're uh, you can appreciate what Tom Brady has done, right? You can appreciate what, well, maybe not because he cheated. That's probably a bad example. All right, but you can appreciate what David Wright has done, what Derek, uh, Derek Jeter has done, what Henrik Lundqvist has done. He just retired. We had a lot of well wishes to him too. So. I just want to say congratulations to Derek Jeter. Well-deserved honor to, to be in Cooperstown. And that's obviously what I was waiting for to make my first trip there. Duh, was to see Derek Jeter and his plaque, obviously. But no, I will not be there on Wednesday night. It's a weird thing that it's on on a Wednesday night, too. I hope it's a school night. It's the first day of school for kids in my district anyway, in New Jersey. And uh, I just hope it's not on too late. And for me as a teacher, that it's not on too late as well because – We've talked at nauseum on here about getting kids involved and keeping kids involved and starting games too late. And I just hope that he doesn't go on too late. You know, I, I hope I get to see the speech, in other words. All right, go back to your calls. 877-337-6666. Dom and Edgewater, you're up on the fan. Well, well, well. Husky pride on the fan. Let's go, cool, Dom. Now? How are you? Well... Uh, I would be better if the Yankees were playing. I'm going to get to them in just a, uh, just a second. Um, to touch on the Derek Jeter moment, I remember my uncle gave me a poster of Derek Jeter when I was five years old, and it never really left. And that's how I became the Yankee fan that I am today. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, 
my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. What an embarrassing weekend. Sweeney Murdy said yesterday on the postgame, the Orioles were about dead last, well, they are last in every aspect you could imagine. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you lost two of three is a joke. They are now nine and seven against this team when the Tampa Bay Rays are 18 and one against this team. Now, I just want to think about that for a second. 18 and one, the Rays are. Okay. Yeah. You've touched upon Corey Kluber experiment. Goodbye. I've had enough. Go back to Cleveland. Goodbye. I supported you in the beginning. Just get lost. Don, let me ask you. Andrew Haney. Wait. Andrew Haney. Don, Don, what were you expecting? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. wait. What, but what, were ahead, expecting out of, what were you expecting out of Kluber tonight, realistically? <laughs> How many innings? Tell me. That's a, that's, that's a very good question because um, I've, I've had enough of it. Um, I was expecting uh, no more than five, which is what happened. Um, right. You didn't even that's get it. to the fifth. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, which is why he needed one more rehab start. Not because he wasn't feeling good, but, but he, he wasn't stretched out long enough that, that the Yankees were going to need him for. Correct. Andrew Haney, another, you're another one. Goodbye. Go back to Los Angeles where you came from. Enjoy the sunny shores of California. We don't need you here. Goodbye. Aroldis Chapman, same thing. Goodbye. Uh-oh. So I'm going to pose this question. I'm going to pose this one thing to the Yankees, and I'm going to hang this up. Are you going to be a bunch of soft? underperforming millionaires because let me tell you something if you don't make the playoffs this year you only have yourselves to blame danielle thank you very much i appreciate it hope to listen to you soon yeah thanks tom um that's where the where the going gets tough the tough gift going that is how the saying goes i always screw these up on the air i think i got that one right we're gonna have to wait and see what this team is made of i'd like to think that this team is Different than the one that got down early in games in the in the first half of the season and stayed down. We'll see, because on on that winning streak they were coming back, but they were also stealing bases. And as best as I looked, maybe anybody can check me here, but as best as I looked, it didn't look like to me that they st- stole one single base, you know, straight steal, not like a defensive indifference or whatever, in this Orioles series. That was the one metric that was glaringly different. First half, second half. Contributing, I think, to, to the win streak. Just the energy. A caller before brought up just the energy that Andrew Velasquez brings and the Greg Allens bring. Just the energy and the, and the first to third and the hustle plays. And I don't know. I just didn't see really any of that going on. And speaking in generality, I just didn't see much of that going on. That's a little concerning. Because as more and more of these players are coming back and the Yankees are becoming whole again, right? It's um, it's concerning because they're playing differently than the team that went on that historic winning streak. That's the concern. Joe in North Salem, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle, how are you? I'm good, Joe. What's up? Yeah, I, I don't understand why I'm hearing all these people talk about uh, Cashman, Cashman this, Cashman that. What is What has Cashman done wrong? Well, we could start with Andrew Haney. He stinks. Okay. That's one one move. I'm I'm 28 years old. I've seen this. I've seen one. How about the How about the Aaron Hicks deal? Oh, oh, don't get me started on Hicks. He's my least favorite player of all time. Okay, but feelings aside, how about that deal? It's a horrible deal. 
horrible deal. But he's done so many things correctly. How about the Giancarlo Stanton deal? Uh, Giancarlo Stanton was the only person who did anything in the playoffs last year for the team. He's the only reason we made it that far. Hmm. Okay, and who's who? He's who one you of the start? Players right now. Who you starting in Game Two of uh, of uh, any sort of playoff series this year? Game Two right now. Who am I going to start? I'm yeah, Hamana, 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 Hamana. Tyone. Start Tyone. Tyone. Uh, oh, you were just talking. You were just boy. talking about him. Oh. You were just saying. Oh, oh, he wanted to pitch eight innings. He wanted to pitch eight innings. Oh, that was yeah. And Boone. Have you looked at his his ERA is twelve eleven point eight eight over his last two starts? You're going to stick him in a game two situation? Come yes. on, Joe. I think he has it. Oh. Tyone has it. Oh. He has it. Oh you, my God. This is what's wrong with the Yankee fans. What is it? What is it, Joe? These Yankee fans are crazy. You, you expect to be perfect every time. The guy can struggle a little every once in a while. Not when you're in a do-or-die situation against the worst team in the league trying to make the postseason. And shame on the manager for putting him in that situation. Quite honestly, it's not his fault. I mean, it is his fault that he stinks, but it, it was he was used incorrectly. What, he had no Andrew Heaney had no business being in that spot. None, no business. And it goes back to the fact that Aaron Boone was afraid to stray from the script that was handed to him prior to the game even starting, and that was Chad Green was the closer. Come on. Brian Cashman has had his his fines, okay? Everybody was shocked, including himself, Anthony Rizzo being a Yankee. Yes, Joey Gallo. It was a good signing. He's not playing well. Again, why is he batting second? No one seems to know that. Hits or misses, yes. But Yankee fans, New Yorkers, people that live in this area are are, um, bottom line oriented. Fact of the matter is this. The last time the Yankees won a World Series was 2009. And you can argue that that wasn't even really Cashman's team. That was Gene Stick Michael's team. Jeter, Posada, Mariano. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just pump the brakes on Cashman. I think I think it's it's been a nice ride. I think it's been a nice ride for Brian Cashman. But then again, you have to see what else is out there at the conclusion of the season. Theo Epstein, Mets or Yankees. You don't know. Who knows? You have to compare what he has done versus what's out there. But if I were leaning right now, I would say thank you for your service, Mr. Cashman. Done deal. But we'll have to wait and see. If there's anything better. If there's nothing better, you keep him. Sparky in Dobbs Ferry, you're up next on The Fan. First of all, how you doing, Coach? Everything okay? Everything's great, Sparky. What's up with you? Okay. Okay, my four-word thing. Oh, yeah. Grounder hit to Torres. Grounder hit to... I'm just I'm just typing it out here. Tor- Torres. Okay, explain. Tell us. Okay, and you know why? Why? And, it, and that came into effect, one of the biggest plays in today's game. Yes, it was. Tell him. Because you know what? He, he didn't make an error. But in a way, he did make an error because he didn't give his best effort to field the ball and allow the guy to beat the play out. Mm-hmm. So for anybody, that was, uh, in, in my open, I called it the turning point of the game. I, and I know it wasn't a dramatic turning point of the game, but what happened was ground ball hit to Torres. 
Um, and I was listening to it. I didn't see it happen. I heard Susan I was and told, John. I was listening to it too. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And the thing is, most remarkable part about it, you could hear that Sterling was annoyed. Yeah. Okay. And as soon as this happened, he goes, "Next batter's going to hit a home run." He did say that. Yeah. Words barely. Yeah. The words barely got out of his mouth, yep. and the ball's in the seat. Yep. Yep. He no. He said the the quote was, "I wonder if this is going to have an impact." And like two pitches later, yep, it did. Yep, it did. Okay. Two run home run. And, and also, where this weekend shows how one problem causes another with the pitching. Okay, let's face it, Coach. Besides, when Cole pitches, do you have any kind of confidence in any of those starters? No, no. Okay, all right. And the thing is, the one guy of all, like when he announced the games, who always said the most important thing is when they always talked about pitch count was when Jim Cott was a Yankee announcer. And Jim Cott would go like this. Pitch count, are you getting people out? You're still in the game. If you're not getting people out, you're out of the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the lease was and, too long on Haney today. I mean, come on. Well, put it this way. One pitch in a leash is too long on that guy. I mean, I'm sorry. I look at that guy getting important time, and then the Yankees send a guy in heel, in heel down to the minors. Yep. I never heard of a guy being a starting pitcher being sent to the minors who didn't even give up a run. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't get it either. I, mean, I don't know. Okay, and now with the relievers, I mean, obviously, look at that. Loisica, their best guy, he's done Yep. for the year, I bet. I don't know you for know, the get- year. They said 10 days. I don't know. Because what happened was, and I listened to the press conference, Boone said that he felt fine after he pitched that night, and he woke up the next morning and felt a little something. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, because it's sad with this stretch coming up. I know. When they play, when they play Toronto... It don't matter if Toronto's hot. Toronto's like the Yankees' worst nightmare. You look at that lineup. Yeah. Oh, yep. my God. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Lindor contract, I think about it in a funny way. Um, you saw the first Rocky movie, right? No, I haven't. Everybody's going to kill me on Twitter now. No, I haven't. No, okay. Well, what happened? Okay, there was a scene in the movie towards the end, like before the fight, where Sylvester, where Rocky's realizing to himself, like, oh my God, I'm like weighing over my head, mm-hmm. and he goes to the promoter to talk to the promoter, and he goes to the guy like, I'm not in this guy's league, and the and the promoter just goes to him like this, yeah, he goes to Rocky like this, America is the land of opportunity. That is true. Okay. And that's what I think about Lindor's thing. I mean, first of all, if they're smart at all, was saying you have to bring in Epstein. I mean, my God. I mean, if that guy wants Mount Everest, you give him Mount Everest. Yeah. I mean, newsflash to anybody thinking he's he would be power hungry. He only led two teams who had the longest droughts in World Series history <laughs> to the World Series. Yeah. So I kind of think he knows a little about baseball. A little bit, just a little bit, yeah. But, Sparky, here's the thing. Would you want him – let me phrase it this way. If you are Epstein, would you leave the front office of Major League Baseball to come and 
be that for the Mets. Would you want to? Would you want the scrutiny of this or leave your cushy job for 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 that? I don't know. They're going to have to give him uh, the earth and the moon and every everything in between, I think. But we'll wait and see. We'll, so we'll see what happens. And we're all talking that Sandy Alderson is gone, but he still is, in fact, employed by the team. So let's not go there just yet. He still has a job. And so does Zach Scott, for that, for that matter. All right, we will take more of your calls on this very busy baseball weekend. Yankees fans are uh, are very upset. Mets fans are cautiously optimistic. And that has been the, the theme of the weekend for both of our baseball teams here in New York. And we will bring this to you uh, to the Lori Rubinson Show, the program, uh, beginning at 10 p.m. here on The Fan. I'm Danielle McCartan, and this is your last chance to get aboard. 877-337-6666. The Fan is on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa. Okay, Google. Hey, Siri. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, Levels. Paul Rosenberg, I was just telling him on the break, he is the varsity team. He is absolutely killing it tonight. Paul, you have been great. I mean, awesome, awesome, awesome all night. Thanks, Danielle. Awesome. Like I told him before, I'll say it now and I'll tell you guys. If I could request him every single time, I would. That's how great he's been, everybody. Paul Rosenberg. I do what I can. Awesome. And you're doing awesome. Thank you so much for a great show tonight, Paul. And and for you guys too, this is your last chance. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number. I wanted to uh, bring something to your attention that came up um, during the show here. The just very quickly, maybe three sentences or so I have on this. The uh, looking at it, the tweet w- at WNBA says it's official. Here are your WNBA twenty five greatest players of all time. I think you would not be surprised to to know that Soup Syosset's own Soup Bird is on that list. I wish the pitchers were a little bit bigger. I'm uh, looking, looking, looking. Uh, who else is on that list? Is, is Katie Smith. Played for the Liberty in 2013. Coached the Liberty from 2014 all the way through 2019 as a head coach and as an assistant, you know, in, in those years. So congratulations to Sue Bird, Sayasit's own, 25 greatest players of all time. And congratulations to a friend of the show, Katie Smith, on that awesome Good job, you guys. All right, 877-337-6666. We're rolling to the end till Lori Rubinson comes your way at 10 p.m. Let's go Philip in Freeport. You're up on the fan. Skrillex and uh, Tiesto. Pretty big right there, that song. Right, levels. There you go. Paul's giving you a thumbs up through the glass. <laughs> and, the, and the Yankees, let's put something in, in perspective. The Orioles are 52 games under 500. I know. I know. Well, going into the series, there were 52, 50 games under five hundred. Yeah. All right. Well, because of what they did Yankee Stadium. I know. I know. You, 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 you can't do it. It's not supposed to happen, Danielle. I know. Terrible. And anyone says, "Oh, come on, Phil, you're getting excited. You're you're getting hyper." What? These guys are fighting for their lives right now. The Yankees, and they're and they're healthy. And Stanton should have had that ball out there in right field. It yeah. Was, Glove. He took a bad he angle to that ball. Game. Yep, he tried to adjust. He took a flat angle, and he really should have more done like a circular you know route. You know why? Well, he hasn't been out there. He hasn't had a lot of experience out there. Well, they also don't want him to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Make those dives and make those sacrifices so he gets 
you know, slams his head, he's out for uh, two years. I mean, thank God that Judge and Stanton, I mean, if anyone would put money down, said, do you think Stanton and Judge will last? No way! Yeah. And they've done very well. But last thing before, I know you have a, a short period right here. Do you think they'll make the playoffs, and can they get out of the first round? Yes or no? And thank you so much for the show, uh, getting on. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Appreciate that. Um, do they, I think they make the playoffs? Somehow I think they'll find a way. Do they get out in the first round? That is a good question because I can't answer that just now because it's going to depend on how much that Rays series at the end of the year um, ends up counting. So I'll answer the first one. Yes, they'll find a way. They'll figure it out. And that's sort of half me willing them to do so. I don't know if they'll lose because it depends on when Cole is slotted to pitch in that Tampa Bay series. We'll put it that way. And there was one thing that I saw before I left my house. I saw it on TV. Stanton went for a foul ball um, right up to the to the uh, the barrier. I can't think of the word. The barrier out there in, in, in foul territory. He pulled up lame a little bit. I don't know if that's going to be talked about. I don't know if it's going to be affecting him at all. He just looked a little off to me when, when that ball bounced in front of him. It was the play where if he had caught it, the run was going to tag up from third and, and go home, but instead he let it bounce. He just he looked a little funny to me on that. I don't know. I could be making something out of nothing, but to me at the time I was like, huh, hmm. Like if, if he's out tomorrow and complains of like a knee problem, I wouldn't be surprised in my own mind. That's what I was thinking. Okay, Matt at the Jersey Shore. Matt, you're on the fan. Hey, Coach. I love when you're on during the day. I hope it happens more often. Thanks, Matt. Me too. We'll see what happens. Well, if, I don't know if you've ever played video games, but this season is just one that you hit the reset button on <laughs> and start a new game. Cause I, I just, I'm so, like, beside myself. Um, you know, especially with these callers that are so – apologetic and appreciative of Cashman. I mean, listen, we are a team that expects to win. It doesn't matter if George is here or not. We have been conditioned to be winners, right? Yep. And one of your previous callers made me feel compelled to call in. Basically, I felt like Boone, the only control Boone really had over this team, and you can tell me I'm wrong, was basically making in-game bullpen decisions because he doesn't control the lineup. He doesn't control, you know, the the uh, basic the basic strategy of this game. I feel like that's Cashman's numbers nerds that do that. But when it comes to who comes in and who comes out with the bullpen, I always felt like that was boom. But if he's sticking to this script that you that was uh, that you very well explained, that obviously was given to him and told he has to manage this game a certain way. And that's it. And basically, you gotta you gotta you know it's like with the Jets when Gage was here and they were calling him out like, are you making the offensive decisions or not? Why can't we know how much Boone is contributing to the up and downs, mostly downs, of this team. Yeah. And when are we going to hold he and Cashman accountable, most importantly? Because they're just skating by and not getting even so much as a wrist slap at this point. Yeah, Matt, and that's a great question. You know, we knew, everybody knew how much Adam Gase was in control and, and asked until asked until he said it, asked until he admitted it. So great, great question there. Lou, if we can keep this really short, I can squeeze you in here, Lou. Go ahead. 
Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you for taking the call. No, I just want to elaborate on the Cashman situation. You mentioned that that, that team was not his, you know, just like uh, Joe Torre went in there, and anybody could have coached that team. But, uh, but at the same token is, even the championship that he won, well, if you remember, he refused to sign a 10-year contract for Alex Rodriguez, and the ownership, George Steinbrenner, went over him and got him in here. I don't know if you remember that, that, that point. Then he goes and signed Giancarlo Stan, okay? I mean, that is, didn't make any sense. The man is, 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 I mean, I'm glad that you, that, that you have a point on that because most of the people think he's a, he, he should go to the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. I mean that was given to him. And, and, mo, and most important thing, I call it, so you, I mean, you have a, a starter that you didn't score no runs on him, okay? You have a Gray Allen, which is a spark plug that were winning series. And then you have a chance to get uh, a Sterling Marte instead of Joe Gallo, who's hitting 134. That's the reason why he has to go. You take care, my friend. Well, good, good coaching. You got a good combination there, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. I appreciate it. GM, Lou, and Larry, I've got about 30 seconds, Larry, if you can make your point real quick. Yeah, thanks, Danielle. You know what it is? The wild card represents, the, I think, the dregs of what's out there. It breaks my heart to say this. I'm a lifelong Yankee fan, but they are in with the dregs. If the Red Sox had anything going for themselves, they would be in first place wild card by four or five games. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Whoever is going to get knocked out is going to get knocked out first, and then that team is going to get knocked out in the first series. Yeah. Thanks. That's the way I see it. Yeah, Larry, thanks for keeping that short. The problem is that you have to put your best pitcher in in that wild card series. That wild, I mean, that wild card game. Your best pitcher is there, and then you have to use your second best pitcher in the in the a, the next ALDS or the NLDS series. It, it's just it's the one game. It's just awful. I, it doesn't matter who's playing in it. It's awful for the winners and it's awful for the losers. It should be a series. Baseball is built on series, winning series. That's the way the wild card should be too. It should not be one game. So, awesome. All of you guys, all the callers, the tweeters, could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you guys all. If you missed any portion of today's show, the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app, it's 6 p.m. start time. Awesome job to Paul Rosenberg tonight and to Erica Herskowitz and to Peter Schwartz on the updates. I'll be back with you guys Saturday, September 11th, Saturday at 1 p.m., 1 to 4. Mark it down. Lori Rubinson and the program is up next. In the meantime, you guys can get my social medias at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. And we can keep that conversation going throughout the week, everybody. Enjoy your week and happy first day of school to all the teachers out there, everybody, and the students. <laughs> Sports Radio 101.9.